yes, Chris Collinsworth or Joe Buck or yes, uh, getting you know pistol whipped. Which <laughs> one you, would you choose? Chris Collinsworth or falling down a flight of stairs? Who you got? Where, where you at with it? Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 112 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell us a friend. Shoot an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, Scouting Report reads sports knowledge. Hi, great voice. Only drawback is he takes his sushi home. Most awesome. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's a that's what we call a red flag in the industry. <laughs> okay, you just Travel gotta, sushi. You avoid it. Yeah, it's just like yeah. there's something not locking with his decision making that's just gonna kind of have make us reevaluate how we looked at this guy. Yeah, he gets out of he gets out of the scheme. He's yeah. an improviser. We get it. <laughs> Takes out the mouth. How you doing, brother? What's the haps? Good man. Good, good, good. Um, kids are good. Family's good. Everything's good. I think we're a little uh, quarantine restless, but aside from that, we're rocking and rolling, man. Having a great time. Finally, the sun is shining, and that's all I can ask for because we had, like, snow three days ago. That's needed. Uh, Is there any, like, kind of new things after, whatever, week four, week five of quarantine that are showing up? It's just, like, new house rules, like, we put on pants by 11 a.m. Like, anything like that floating (laughs) around. No, but there is definitely, like, uh, a stronger push in the morning for everyone to like brush teeth early get out of jammas you know we still you know i'm still technically working from home i shouldn't say technically if anyone that i work with i'm working working not (laughs) technically working um but then so yeah i I definitely try and keep that as close to like a normal business i'm not putting on like you know business casual but i i am trying to get dressed and showered and uh not shaving but you know combing my hair and getting the kids meals and toothbrushing and all that stuff so it's not just like permanent vacation that's just good point. So you can't treat it like it's a Saturday every day. So there's a little bit of right. just like business as usual, like just on the family tip where it's just like we're still getting out of bed. Like I get it. Like yep. I get we have to do our lessons like on the laptop and it's going to take like whatever it's going to take like an hour, but we're still getting up. We're moving around. We're getting that done. Yep. Well, yeah, wait, absolutely. Is, is there no temptation to like let them sleep in or is that is that oh. even in their DNA right it's not even there in their DNA, unfortunately. And I just don't know if I'm going to be blessed with those types of kids that sleep in. Usually about the latest that they'll sleep in is about like seven, seven thirty, And that's usually because we've kept them up to like nine or nine thirty. But if they go to bed at, at, you know, eight o'clock, they're up at six o'clock. Like it's pretty clockwork. It's just solid 10 hour turnaround. Oh yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, eventually, maybe you won't have to deal with that. You know, it's the, always the other end, right? Like when they're in high school and just like get out of bed. Like that's you get to predict, yeah. right? It's just like maybe oh yeah, yeah, it's coming, season. it's coming. I, I will actually. They'll. Pro- I'm hoping for like that sweet spot where they'll sleep in, but not like so long where it'll delay like the world and I have to like freak out to get them out of bed. Yeah. I'm hoping for that sweet spot where it's just like, all right, I can sleep in on a Saturday, but they still get up for school and it's not a problem. Well, I'm rooting for you, brother. All right, we got a jam-packed episode 112. It's very special. Um, We're keeping it tight. It's still going to be that hour of power, but we're focusing a lot on a rip from the headlines. We've got MAB Mm -hmm. NFL Draft Roleplay 2020. 
Most awesome is going to be the rep for all the players. I'm going to be the GM for the teams, and he's going to pitch me on which way to go because we all know I don't know shit about college football. I uh, do the Neapolitan Showdown. Top three worst things about wearing a suit in honor of all these guys are going to be wearing suit, unfortunately, at the home but waiting to get drafted. And then we'll finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, ripped from the headlines. We are doing MAB NFL Draft Roleplay 2020. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Oh, because we're heading into my favorite time of the year, mm-hmm. NFL draft season. I love it. All the acquisitions, all the trading. And uh, on Thursday, the first round will take place. Uh, virtual draft, a first in NFL draft history. Okay, so I want to get into two things. Let's talk about the virtual draft, uh, first in history. But it is, I, I want to get on the macro just for you personally. This is one of your favorite sports days, yeah? Yo, yeah, I love it. I love all the. I love college football, as you know, and I love these guys transitioning to the league. I love all drafts. I love the NBA draft, but the college or the the NFL draft, excuse me, is my most favorite because I love watching it as they grind along. You know, Boomer aside, or not Boomer, uh, 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 Boomer from uh, oh yeah, NFL Chris, matchup Chris there. You know, yeah. Chris Berman. Yeah, thank you. All those guys, like just seven hours of watching draft highlights and clips and I, I love it i'm a junkie for it i, I find it very fascinating and it, you would have to say it's because your knowledge of the college players like it's college football uh we go over this time and time again i think we rank our favorite sports but that definitely is one of your favorites college football if not the favorite so you feel like you kind of watch the kids through the process and now they're transitioning oh, yeah. into what is like you know america's pastime oh, oh yeah when when they have espn in like early february has signing day for high school athletes, I, I'm all over that too. I love signing day. I love where these like five star athletes are going, and then watching them develop, and ultimately then seeing them make that next jump into their like you know NFL dreams, if you will. And it's always a fun thing to like. Oh, I remember that guy. He was like the first rated running back out of like the 2014 class. Like that's awesome. You know, I like watching that. So you always used to get the almanac, right? You used to talk about that. I think you talked about them yeah. like one of our really early episodes. You just have kind of the big book, and you're able to kind of look up all the players and kind of know what what the college teams are looking for do you feel like in the long run even with kids and everything is like how do you keep your eyeball on college football especially with like the number of teams there are also yeah it's a little tough as it goes on i mean you know sports center watching the clips and highlights i watch a lot of college football and it's one of those things like we've got our our rhythms i end up staying up probably later than i should Mm -hmm. uh, on like friday nights or saturday nights and like trying to catch up highlights and study box scores and, and things like that and try and watch those games. Um, and then like the college football bowl season, I always, you know, that's always a, a, a easy time for me to catch in and sneak in a bunch of games during the, the end of the season. But I'm always watching Michigan football. Of course. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. So it's just college football kind of on the macro and this job specifically. Is this draft uh, compromised in any way? I mean, I know we're kind of doing it virtually. Like, what are some things we're losing out on that teams are used to and not being able to kind of analyze what talent they might bring in? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think we're – I don't think – well, so, yeah, they definitely lost out on some of the medicals. So, like, Tui Tungoalovia is probably the biggest draft pick hurt by this because no teams can really get a sense of, has he come back from that broken hip? 
How's he looking? You know, they've seen a little bit of him acting and moving, but they don't get to really get that second eyes on him or bring those guys in for a real uh, assessment in their own facility. Um, secondarily to that, I think what will be interesting for this draft is how it impacts all the moving and shaking with the draft uh, in, term, in terms of trading picks. You know, everything's going to be done virtually. Uh, I think there is a level of concern about teams being hacked. I know I've heard a couple of reports about teams really bumping up their internet security just to make sure that they don't get hacked or picks get leaked out or information gets passed around. So I, it'll be interesting. I think there are teams, Bob Quinn, the GM for the, the Lions, had said like he really only wants to do a, a deal if it's done before the draft starts. I don't think he wants to add the extra layer of confusion with I mean, typically these teams have their warm set up they're all on the private like phone line that they're all like connected to they can go in there and they can call each other and have no problems now it's all going to be over the internet there's a little bit of that air of uh you know caution as to what might be happening and i think they're going to be a little bit more tight-fisted with uh calling around and making sure that that information doesn't get tossed around like uh they're afraid of Okay, so that's a good point because we usually have the war room and at least all the members of the same staff are in the same war room and now they're going to be Zoom yeah. conferencing or what do they have to do to get into it. So maybe a little right. bit more concerned about someone popping in that and showing their dong as we heard happening on Zoom in the past. But yeah. it's, it's still like a, a phone call to phone call. So uh, let's talk to the macro now about the draft, like just kind of having a the draft on this style. Are, are we extending the time frame the teams have to make the picks? Like what's... Besides the obvious, where we're not all in the same room, like what's changing for this draft? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I didn't actually even look that up. I think it's still saying like 10 minutes for the first round pick uh, and then like five and three minutes as the later rounds, rounds go on. Um, they're, they're being hosted virtually, so the picks are going to be announced uh, by Roger Goodell in his basement, which will be weird. Yeah, guys won't have their moment in the sun, kind of walking out into a huge crowd of of everyone, um, you know, cheering and rooting for them, or sometimes booing them. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I think that they're going to have. It'll be interesting to see the the players that don't like adhere to like because usually some guys will not go to the draft and won't go to the green room. They'll hang out at their house and have a party, and there'll be like you know hundreds of people at these parties. So it'll oh, be interesting yeah, to see that's like a good point. yeah. That like maybe it's just going to be my parents and me if I'm a draft pick. Maybe my you know my siblings and what have you, a girlfriend or something. But it'll be very interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be mark it down. There's going to be some dude that's going to have like a party. Yeah. There's going to be like 90 people there. <laughs> yeah, it was going to freak. <laughs> people out. are going to freak out. Yeah, like turn the draft. Uh, you got sort of, so let's talk about Phil and content a little bit, and we're going to drop uh, jump into this, guys. We're going through all. 32 teams and we're going to keep going until they actually have a pick because we know some teams traded out for picks so don't have a pick in that first round but that's why this is the mab nfl coverage of the draft so we're going to get through all the teams before we jump into that i, I want to say one last thing do you feel like it's a little bit of you know you talked about chris berman doing the commentary and everything is it a little fill up like filling up content like just trying to get the time marker or is it just really like information rich yeah I think that I think it definitely was like a content thing. Like they're looking to fill hours in the middle of April, um, you know, right around the same time Mel Kiper was coming out, and he was probably the first draft Nick, draft guru guy that was out there that knew everything, and he was such like a a unique character. It just kind of worked for television, uh, and he had no problem calling out GMs. I remember there was probably 1995. You might want to quote me on this. Ooh. He called out the Colts for picking Trev Alberts 
a outside linebacker from Nebraska. This is just off the top of the head. I don't. You can double check me on that one. But uh, but I'm pulling my own little Kuiper. I tried to put my hair in a quaff, but it didn't quite work. (laughs) Um, But he's just such a great character. He knows a ton about college football. Obviously, he gets lambasted for his picks or his missed picks. You you do it long enough, you're you're probably going to be more uh, or incorrect more often than than correct. Um, and you're going to probably get more misses and those are the ones that get, you know, you know, highlighted, but, uh, it's great. It's, I think it's good content and I think it's actually turned out to be valuable as the sport of, of football has grown. People want to, you know, consume it all year long and see how their teams are, are getting better and like who to be excited for coming into the, to the, uh, preseason. Yeah, and this is also, like, uh, guys, before I forget to plug it, also, I meant to uh, a few minutes ago, but join us for, we're going to do an Instagram live draft special, so definitely get on yep. MAB Sports on Instagram and check that, I'll be covering that, and you can check all the picks we're going to do. Uh, this is kind of the biggest sports moment that we had since this entire kind of, like, nation shut down, yeah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the most, you know, it's the lar- one of the largest sports in the, in the world, and we're, we're kind of trying to keep it as business as usual, right? We're not going to let yeah. the quarantine disrupt it. And I, I think it's good. I, I'm excited for it. And it'll give us something to watch that isn't just like a, a replay of, uh, you know, uh, the, the 2019's, <laughs> you know, Super Bowl or what have you. Yeah. I know you shouldn't get into it. And we will, brother. One last question before we jump into tackling all these. <laughs> you're 32. teasing me. I know, you're man. Dra- I know you can't. teasing <clears throat> me. Now I just feel, I feel drunk with power and drunk with Modelo. Um, Battle, uh, so usually we talk about the war rooms. There is this big discrepancy, right, where there's a philosophy, best on the board versus immediate need. Where do you fall yeah. on that? Ooh, uh, so NFL, obviously, you need certain guys to play certain positions. In the NBA, I'm always best available. Who is the best player? The, that it, it, like, And we talked about in our very early pods when we talked about the top five players, the NBA is becoming more and more increasing uh, positionless, right? They're, yeah, they're, You just exactly. need to get your best five guys give, out Give there. me talent on the floor. Like We'll, yes. find, a, we'll find a way to work them out. The NFL, you really want to assess the positional value and the depth at that position. So every team has multiple needs that need they need to fill that. I need a wide receiver. I need an inside, you know, uh, interior lineman. I need a, a safety. I need these things, right? So I'm a big believer of looking at the depth of that position of need, and in those positions, if there's a if there's a bounty of players, like let's say offensive tackle is a deep position this year, but but safety or cornerback is very limited. I probably would say. Let's go after this, the the secondary position player first because we're not going to get a high-level quality player. But if we sit and wait to the second round, we can still get a, you know, maybe not the top-end tackle available, but we can get somebody that will be a – that we deem a, a, a starter in the league. And that's what you're looking to, especially in the first round, second round, third round. You're looking for guys that are going to be plug-in starters in their first or second year. All right, most awesome. Thanks for all that. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, buddy. I know you're excited. You're good, bro. It. You're good, and bro. We just we need to put it in perspective. I got it. All right, guys. So we're gonna fly through um, all 32 teams. It's gonna take uh, around 35 picks. Again, we're covering the draft live. Join us on our Instagram. So here's we're gonna do it. Also, if you guys want to shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com, we do have this gorgeous spreadsheet that most awesome broke out that has each team 
GM needs moves that happen where they're picking. Uh, it's just gorgeous. And that is what we're referencing. So if you're wondering, uh, we did build this internally. Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. Number one uh, needs listed quarterback, offensive line, linebacker, tight end, wide receiver. Yes, sir. So the big thing is like I think we have this a little figured out. You can you can push me, and you'll have to push me when I, we kind of get deeper. And I don't really know, but I think it's Joe Burrow, right? I mean, they've they've kind of leaned to that. And my question to you on, is on the Joe Burrow, and I'll let you, you know, either thumbs up or thumbs down. That is what uh-huh. ha- what happens to Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the consensus is that we need to move on uh, from Andy Dalton. We've we've seen everything that we can get from him. Uh, you know, Burrow's coming off in a historic season. I think like sixty six total touchdowns, only a few interceptions, like six interceptions. Uh, won a national championship at LSU. Was the most dominant player, Heisman winner, uh, coming out, and is probably probably the second overall player in the draft, but a position of need. And if you're uh, the head coach, Zach Taylor, you're looking to like, all right, I need to turn this offense over. And I just saw a guy be otherworldly in the college realm at this position. That's a marquee position in the league. We need to go after him. We really can't overthink it. And there will be a market. I believe you can even release Andy Dalton. I don't know his cap figures, but I think, it wouldn't cost you. There would be no penalty against the cap if you released him, or you could look for a trade partner after this all came in and went and try and get some future assets or maybe some, some positional players uh, for this year. But um, it's just time. I mean, you've, you've seen everything that you can get out of Andy Dalton, you know, a hundred percent where he is, you know, where his ceiling is. And Joe Burrow just has a higher ceiling. Is there, is AJ green disgruntled or is he excited about getting this new blood in there and kind of making a run? He's getting a little older, but he's not really that old. He was younger no, than he's I, not. I remember him being younger than I thought he was. Right. I mean, they've, they franchise tagged him this year, so they're going to pay him in the top five of, of wide receivers. He basically sat out a majority of, of last season. And, you know, he's, a, he's an unbelievable wide receiver uh, and is going to give a, like, veteran, you know, presence to Joe Burrow and help him out. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's not like you have to, you know, get – green's approval on this pick in order to do it but i think he probably co-signs on it you could probably sell him on like this is the right direction we need to go we need to we need to go for somebody who's got an elite uh or chance to be elite yeah so let's not burn all our time on cincinnati Bengals. my last question would be is aj green okay with the franchise tag because you because you feel I, I think on paper isn't generally like the franchise tag uh franchise tag is like you're trying not to pay me or kick the can a little bit or like still yeah. feeling me out, not giving me that big deal. Is he? Is this like, just is this a locker room problem at all that we might be igniting, or not really because we got enough shakeup? Yeah, I mean, I think he doesn't have a lot of leverage in the conversation after last year. So, you know, take the guaranteed money at you know sixteen or fifteen million dollars, whatever that franchise tag, that average of that top position player is going to be. Um, and, and, and take it and, and run with it. And then if it's working in if Joe Burrow's legit, then look to take a deal and your, your offense is humming. Look to take a better deal. Maybe get a two- or three-year deal in the, in the long run. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think he has a lot of leverage to be mad about it. You know? All right, so how much uh, percentage scale, how much are we locking in this Joe Burrow at this spot? I would say 99.9%. <laughs> On Joe Burrow. The only thing I would say, my biggest knock on Joe Burrow, um, 
he's super competitive. He's savvy quarterback. He's super accurate. He is, uh, he's got a little, I shouldn't say questionable arm strength. It's not the, the best arm strength, but he's a one hit wonder. When you look at quarterbacks, he's, he's had some starts. He transferred out of Ohio. You fill out the rest, went to LSU. His 2018 tape was not great. You would not have, he came into this year, a mid round pick. So is he going to be the end all be all? Is he going to be Pat Mahomes? I don't think so. I don't even know if he's going to be your best friend, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Mm. I'd be very, I'd be very hesitant to like name him the Messiah in this whole thing because okay. he's only had one good season. It was an unbelievable, it was a record-setting season. Don't get me wrong, but look at 2018 too. Is that the same player that you're drafting this year? I don't know. So this isn't a Peyton Manning pick. This is a little bit more tossing the dice. We're tossing the dice a little bit. I think, yeah, in, in terms of a Hall of Fame career, I don't think it's etched in stone by any means, no. Uh, this is a curveball, but I want to throw it to you, and we'll do it for the rest of the draft, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, give me the closest comparable to his playing style. Uh, closest comparable is, um, oh, that's a good one. I would say he's like a, he's like a, um, he's like a, he is like a poor man's Aaron Rodgers right now. He doesn't have a big arm, super didn't realize, accurate. Didn't realize you get poor. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew. But he's, he's a good athlete. He's good. He's good. He has good athleticism. He's going to make plays after the run. And Aaron Rodgers has got that little bit of scrambleability. All right. Uh, pick number two. So we're going Joe Burrow. Number one, pick number two will be the Washington Redskins. Uh, so we got new head coach Ron Rivera there. You put GM Ron Rivera a little bit. So is he kind of making a little bit more of the shots than we think so? Is that part of his deal? Yeah, I mean, he is. I think there's another guy. Like, uh, it's weird how that they've structured it in. They got rid of Bruce Allen in Washington, and they've named him, like, the GM kind of. They didn't really name a GM position, but then there's Kyle Smith, I think is his name, who's, like, basically the the recruiting talent scout, you know, kind of top-end guy, and then him and Rivera consult on the moves and the shakeup of the team. But uh, Dan Snyder gave uh, a full the full uh, direction of the franchise to Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. Okay, so we got, um, you know, Jeffrey uh, Okada, Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Okada, cornerback, um, and still Chase Young, edge rusher, which I think people are excited about out of Ohio. You fill in the rest. Um, That's correct. So and, uh, this will come up a lot. I mean, we're going to have to talk about the two reach. We're going to have to acknowledge that. Like, when does it happen? Yep. Where are we looking at? But is Rivera kind of the coach or the kind of, yeah, the coach, whatever, GM or whatever that's uh, going to reach out? Or are we hitching our wagon to the Haskins star? Because you right now you, 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 have the, you have the needs list as uh, offensive line, tight end, wide receiver, cornerback, edge, rusher. And we have arguably the number one take in the draft still on the board of him. Right, and he's from the the Maryland area. Chase Young, um, he is was coming into the season and and finished the season as the top overall defensive player. Uh, I mean, he's just a dominant freak athlete. Uh, Thirty and a half sacks in basically like two in in two full years. Thirty eight games, I think, is what he played. Well coached on the defensive line. Ten force fumbles. There's there's really like very few things to nitpick him on. I think it's a a safe pick. 
And defensively, yes, you have Ryan Kerrigan. Um, you have some other outside pass rushing guys, but you can never have too many guys disrupting the play on the defensive side of ball. Uh, I wouldn't overthink it. And Haskins is only in his second year. So, you know, is it, I don't think it's like total cut bait time on Haskins. I think he played questionable, but also the whole, you know, maybe if you're Rivera, maybe you're giving him a pass on just a total dysfunctional environment with Gruden beforehand um, with Jay Gruden and uh, all that was going on there. And maybe not the best scenario for a young cute quarterback. And he's mentored quarterbacks before he's had young athletic quarterbacks. So I think, uh, I think if I was, I would be safe. I'd be smart. It's a position of need. I go chase young. All right. Um, I'm sold, brother. Let's do Chase Young at the two spot. Uh, Ron Rivera trying to turn that team around. See what happens. Uh, what's your percentage? Oh, give me, uh, give me a comparison to Chase Young. Um, I, I mean, so like a Javon curse, right? Like, but I think he's a little bit more disruptive. He can get a little tricked on the defensive end, but he's gonna, he's gonna change plays. He's gonna rush the quarterback. He's gonna make turnovers. He's going to sack you, and he's going to be relentless in his pursuit. I like him in like a Javon Curse type, the freak athletically. I like it. All right, uh, number three on the clock, we have the Detroit Lions, oof, something oof. near and dear to your heart. Bro, this um, Matt Patricia thing ain't working out. No. It's not. Can I take? Can I take a fan moment? To yes, talk of course to Bob, you can. To, to you talk can. to you, Bob Quinn. I actually, you, you know, I, I carved out some time from the Jacksonville Jaguars so you could talk about the Detroit Lions. Hey, hey, Bob, go fuck yourself, Bob. You, you better <laughs> not fuck this up. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Uh, so we got needs: uh, uh, cornerback, defensive line, offensive line, running back, wide receiver. Might not express it enough. Two big questions. I'm going to let you handle it on a fandom, but it's like, and how healthy is Matt Stafford's back? As far as I can tell, he's doing pretty well. Um, I think he was moving around. It's hard to tell right now. It's not a time where I would say, do we go for Tua? Do we go go for Justin yeah. Herbert? Um, if, I if, they, if, say if there are that. better quarterbacks on the ro- on the board, let's say something like crazy happens. Let's say, you know, uh, LSU Q- QB uh, Burrow drops to you. Like, is that something like you're really looking at yourself in the mirror? Uh, if that happens, I think, like, first off, I think, Bob Quinn is looking to trade out of this pick and get a few more assets because I think Akuda, the the defensive uh, corner that I think everyone's slating at three, could yeah. really be there at six, at the latest at six. If you look at Miami and the Chargers and the Giants, I don't think either are, are really looking at a defensive corner. So you might as well try and get another pick in that process. But Bob Quinn is uh, – he wants. He's only going to do it if the deal's done before the fucking draft starts. <laughs> yeah. So who knows how that's you know really wheel and dealing it, Bob. But um, but so yeah, I mean, uh, I would not. I would not go quarterback in this position. Just a for the amount of money that they have Stafford locked up for the next couple of years. They're not going to be able to move him. And while Tua might need a redshirt year, his first year in the league, just to feel good, I. Uh, I don't think he's going to give you that like plus edge in your. I mean, Patricia needs to win now, so I think he needs guys that need to contribute now. Yeah, so he's got to kind of shift there to move now. So okay, so we're not going to dig that deep. Uh, I like a point about uh, winning now. You got a little bit off your chest what you needed to. So uh, is, that, <laughs> is that what you're looking at? 
Akuda. Akuda. From Ohio. You found the rest. Yeah, I mean, he's a. I mean, he is probably the best defensive cornerback in there. CJ Henderson from Florida is also pretty good. Um, my personal favorite and my, you know, and, and Patricia's kind of like hybrid defense where they have playmakers. I really would love Isaiah Simmons in this uh, because I think he's a switchblade. I've talked about him in our college football preview. I love Isaiah Simmons. I don't think they're going to make that pick. I think they're going to pick Akuda, but I would really love Isaiah Simmons to be taken at this spot at three. Okay, well, let, let me. Here's what's going to sell me. You tell me from your knowledge of just like college football to the pros, what has the less likelihood of being a bust, a cornerback or a linebacker? Ooh, not loaded. Um, just a question. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not loaded at all. Right. So cornerbacks, I mean, have definitely Sean Springs. Uh, some guys have been picked up there that have not really early, that have not lived up to the hype. I can't remember thinking of, you know, defensive corners that have been picked that have been kind of locked down guys yeah. from day one. Um, so give me the guy that has versatility all over the field that is lined up at safety, linebacker, cornerback, who has taken those big athletic guys. I mean, Isaiah Simmons is 6'3", 240, ran a 4'3", He was a track star coming out of there. He lined up all over the field, can rush the the, the quarterback. Um, he's a four-down defender. He's not going to be the strongest guy, but he's going to make fucking plays. You put Akuda out there, Akuda's going to take away one half of the field. Yep. He's going to shut it down. He's going to be technically proficient, but he's going to have some learning curves, just like any defensive corner coming out of the league or coming into the league because they, in, in the college game, they get to use their hands a lot more than what they will in, in this in this NFL game. So give me Simmons. Taking Simmons, brother. You sold me. There you go. Let's go oh. Simmons. All right, uh, moving on to pick number four. We have the New York Giants, a team that's probably on the upswing, if you have to look at it, moving, at least trending in the right direction. Their rookie QB uh, sitting one of – you know, New York Giants legend, Hall of Famer adjacent, if not happening, mm -hmm. Eli Manning. But he's in there. So right now we have the top needs for the Giants. Uh, we got a new – or second year – no, new head coach. Second year head coach. Yep. New. Joe Judge. Uh, no, first year, Joe Judge. Joe Judge, yeah. First year. The needs uh, – offensive tackle, Ed Rusher, safety, wide receiver, tight end, uh, Daniel Jones running that helm, Colt McCoy, backup quarterback. Of course, they have Saquon Barkley coming out of his prime. That's right. He's only like 22, but that's how fast it happens. Um, <laughs> what do you got right here, brother? What are you thinking? What are you pitching me? What's the war we're talking about? So we're quarterbacks so, off the okay. table, so that makes it easy. Yep, yeah. Quarterbacks off the table. Uh, Dave Gettleman, the GM, is he's like the give me the best player available. He doesn't care about positions. He was probably just hoping for Isaiah Simmons to fall there to him. You've got Akuda on the board, who's probably the best, you know, rated player thereafter. Um, you know, probably third or fourth on there. But you also have Wills. the offensive tackle needs, right? What's that? Yeah. Say that Wills. Again? Wills. Yeah. Yes, you got offensive tackle needs there. So you look at Jedrick Willis uh, from Alabama. He basically was on the. It was a right tackle lined up as right right tackle, but in you know two as a left hander. So he protected the blind side of Tua in this. Uh, technically proficient, you know, started 29 games in the SEC. Um, 
a little bit on the smallish side for a left tackle, but has all the athleticism that's in there. He's not my fav- most favorite offensive tackle in this league, but he is pretty good. Uh, and I think he's probably highest on the board of offensive tackles. So I would probably say Jedrick Willis is probably your safest bet in there and is going to protect Daniel Jones's blind side. So I think that's an investment that the Giants will also be looking at. Also, like if you have a young quarterback you're trying to develop, like you want to make him feel safe and like actually be able to like start expanding on what he can do. So I like that. Let's lock that up with Jerry. Yep. Is it Wills or Willis? Uh, I thought it was Willis. W I L L I S. Right. Yeah, I'm just seeing Wills. That's my bad. That's fine, guys. He's the pro. <laughs> that's right. The amateur. All right, Wills off the board. Uh, pick number five. We're going to the Dolphins. Let's talk a little to uh, how afraid are we at this injury? Would he be this low if this injury didn't happen? Does he have the talent to be a franchise quarterback? That's the kind of questions you like that I give you, brother. There you go. Chew on that. Yes, that's, that's, that's the run-on question is <laughs> jour. I love it. Um, are we afraid of this? Yes, because we don't. we have no clue as to – how it's shaken out. I have no idea what he looks like. I haven't seen him throwing the ball. You know, I, I love Tua. I loved him when he came in. He's got great instincts. He processes the game at a very high level. He makes a lot of good throws. His durability, it's not just the hip. It's the finger. It's the ankle surgeries on both ankles. Like, he is a big, bright, bright red flag of durability question marks that would make me very scared if I'm Brian Flores or I am uh, the GM there at, uh, you know, Chris Greer, I'd be very afraid of that pick and just kind of, I'm attaching my career to this guy right here. Yeah. He could be, he could be excellent and he's left-handed. So we have to switch around our pass pro on that, but that's fine. Didn't, and he plays, he, he takes too many shots, man. He takes too many big hits. Yeah, He's not that big of a guy either. Didn't we give up some assets for Josh Rosen too, for sitting there as the Dolphins, like for this guy to actually get like an honest run at it? Yeah, I mean, we traded away Rosen, right? So, I mean, or we traded for Rosen, for, excuse yeah. me, yes. but <clears throat> Like pick that up, like so we, Rosen was still going to be, you know, not the savior of the Cardinals, but it's what we always go back to. And I'm sorry for always bringing it up, but it's like some of these QBs never get a chance to run it. Like you're just yeah. like, it happens so quick. And it's just like, it's hard to believe, like, especially if they take like two, like Rosen's never going to get a legit shot in the NFL. Yes. And, and, and you know, you, that's one of those things where it's like, they've seen him long enough in their camp. I mean, I think they just traded just a second round. I think it was like a pick swap in a second rounder that uh, they ended up using the Cardinals. I think they took Andy Isabella with that pick. I could be wrong on that. Drink, everybody. But uh, as you're drinking there, perfect. Um, I got to I gotta play by the rules. So it's not, like, it's not like they gave up a lot of future assets. It's not like the Bears with Khalil Mack, which will come up later on. But um, the uh, – I, I don't know. I mean, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you've got Josh Rosen, and you need to do something, I think – quarterback at this point in time we know quarterbacks get valued higher than what they really are yeah um so maybe while he's not the best player available i think there's been a lot of rumblings about justin herbert coming in this spot to the dolphins because he's a prototypical size guy who's like six 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 five he's got great athletic um uh, attributes. He could run after the catch. He had like three rushing touchdowns and the Rose Bowl. Um, he's intelligent. 
I think he's like trying to study to be like a, a medical professional after his career is over. So he's a smart guy. Does it always translate to the field? No, he's not great accuracy. Doesn't develop or doesn't kind of like process the game as as you would expect for such a smart guy. But he's got a big arm. That's the other thing too. He's got a huge arm, and you would probably look at it and like I can mold this guy. I can make it work for some of the assets that we've got. We're gonna do like a power run game here in in Miami. And we're going to set him up off the play action and go deep vertically. I, I think Justin Herbert makes a lot of sense for them. You think Justin Herbert's going to happen? Where's he on the big board? On the big board, it depends on who you check. He's like 18th or 16th, but a ah. lot of mo- mocks have been talking about him. And again, this is that that push for quarterbacks. I think Tua's red flags overwhelm the the legitimacy of – uh, his play and and I think guys look for like well who's the next best quarterback it's Justin Herbert he's a great character guy like I said all those things that I described yeah. it's just he's not like you know is he going to be the um, is he going to be a Hall of Famer or is he going to be an All Pro or is he going to just be a Pro Bowler I think his top end ceiling is Pro Bowler but uh, I think that might be good enough for them okay so we're locked into Dolphins are taking a quarterback I would say so yes I mean if you look at just, you know, I offensive feel, I just feel bad for Rosen, man. Just like, <laughs> like, like, legit bums me out. He's just like, let me play. Like, yeah, just give me some snaps. Like, let me give me some reps. He had some snaps. He had some reps. They were limited, and and we saw what happened to them. Had they played uh, him the whole season, he'd be getting replaced by Joe Burrow because they have the number one <laughs> overall pick. All right, all right, fair. All right, so we'll take uh, Justin Herbert off the board. Uh, you sold me, and just more because I'm curious. Well, it was a great sell, and also. I'm really curious where two is going to land. So the Dolphins are taking, they are going quarterback, but they're going to dig a little deeper and trust in their guy and go Herbert. So at number six, we have Los Angeles Chargers. So this team really got shooken up. What's their fucking game plan? Is it Tyrod or Tyrod? He just changed his name. Tyrod Taylor. I don't know. Tyrod Taylor. Like, are they going to go behind him? I'm not really sure. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it's also they, they have the new stadium, so there's always what we talked about. I think part of the big Tom Brady push was just like, let's get asses in these seats. So it'd be nice right. for them to do something sexy, but it's like, are, do you think kind of just the overall philosophy with, you know, GM uh, Telesco, how much is he in that with Anthony Lynn? Like, what's the game plan? Are we going sexy or are we really trying to build a team to make a run? And probably the toughest division of football just because it has Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the thing is, so, uh, I mean, Tua is out there. He's It's a position of need. We can comfortably feel like we have all the pieces in there, and Tyrod Taylor has been, like, an adequate starter. You know, he's in that Ryan Fitzpatrick mold where he's come in there and played well at times. He's played bad at times, but he's been an average quarterback, and maybe we can play well and all the time really get an assessment on Tua because we know he does have – those special things. He has those, he has those instincts. He has the armies come in there and made big plays when they mattered the most. Um, yes. Yeah, so- Anthony Lynn want to risk his job on the durability of Tua? I don't know. Cause then we're, we're in it. Like this is a quarterback driven league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, your next bet best is taking Jordan love, right? If you're going quarterback, if you're looking at a quarterback, uh, who played at Utah State. I talked about him in our pre-college football uh, highlight. I like him. He's got great arm talent. 
had a really inconsistent junior year through 17 INTs. There's been a lot of comps to a Josh Allen out there. So which isn't bad. Know, can it's you, not bad. Which isn't wait, right, but you know the Bills made the playoffs in the second year. They didn't. They kind of shit the bet on that, but that's beside the point. So do I take again? Do I take upside guy who could still redshirt behind Ty, either one of these guys at quarterback can still redshirt behind Tyrod for a year or well, I hope you know, so, seven or eight games. Because that's kind of what you're doing, right? If you have Tyrod Taylor there, like no one's winning the Super Bowl with Tyrod Taylor. Like you know that. So it's just like you either right. got to be like it's it's a little bit of a stopgap. You're just like whatever my move is. Maybe it's an Andy Dalton move, like which seems yep. a little. I'm not as low on Andy Dalton as everybody is. I think like I think there's times like, it, like the defense didn't have the right things around him. They had a lot of talent, but I still think like I'd rather have that in the backfield than Tyrod Taylor. But it's like right. if, if if they go through this year and they do pick, you know, our number three overall cornerback still on the board, then it's just like what are you guys doing? Not really sure what yeah. the game plan is here. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. is, And that's a great point, right? Because now you have to start looking at talent. It's like, we've had issues in the secondary. We could have Derwin James and Jeff Akuda back there and just being playmaker disruptors and get a sense of like, well, what's you know what's going to happen with Andy Dalton? What's going to happen with the, um, the landscape of the quarterbacks that are out there? You know, maybe we can, you know, like you said, maybe we can pick up Josh Rosen on the cheap, see what he can do for us, bring him back to L.A., um, there's a few things that are out there, but I, I, I mean, it'd be challenging. It'd be challenging for them to pass on a quarterback. I mean, this is the thing is, as a GM, I'll pose this question to you as a GM, how much pressure do you feel from the fans in making these decisions when kind of everything is seemingly going in this direction. We should be looking to replace our franchise quarterback, Phil Rivers, who we let just walk out the door for nothing. Yeah. How much pressure would you sit there? Would, would you feel to, 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 to kind of answer the general consensus, right? Yeah. I mean, fans need to get kind of one thing through their head. And it's just like, there are such things as rebuilding years and not tanking years. So you need to get over it. Unless you're just obsessed. Like I know you're tortured. I'm a little tortured, not quite as much, but it's just like, if you want a team to constantly go like eight and eight, seven and nine, and just kind of acting like they're making a run every year, you're gonna be super disappointed. New England right. Patriots are a fucking anomaly. Nobody's gonna be right. that. But it's just like if we're rebuilding, let me know. Let me know that we're kind of taking a year off. We're building up these assets, and we're gonna make a move. But you can't. You gotta act like you're just competing every year. Right. And that's the thing is, is if I sit there and say like, oh, we're gonna rebuild, does Anthony Lynn go and be like? Well, you can't fire me because yeah, exactly, you know. exactly. Yeah, you got to give me a legit shot of rebuilding this year. Like this is this is a year like zero. This doesn't count. This is my red shirt, like head right. coaching year. Like don't worry about. It. Uh, where where did um where did our boy is Melvin Gordon still on the Chargers? He's with the Dol- or the Denver Broncos. Now. Okay. Yeah. Dude, this, so it's like this you, all happens too fast. Eckler. This all happens too fast. We need to. I know it does happen too we need fast. To spread yeah. It out. So I mean, running back would be too high at this point to go. Oh, I'm no, have, no, I know, I because I just saw your great note. And guys, again, you can uh, while you're listening, if you want the spreadsheet, just I decided what's going to be. Just share our Instagram story about the fact that we're going to be doing a live draft, and then we'll send you this great breakdown that Most Awesome did 
for freezing. It'll just be in your inbox. Just make sure you send us your email address also. Well, here I see uh, uh, what reminded me is Austin Eckler uh, got that four-year 24.5. So it's just like there's no way that Gordon's still sitting there. Probably the classic, not the classic, but the most memorable like overplayed my hand that I can remember. <laughs> right. Yes, right, exactly. Didn't work out. I mean, here's the thing is like, do you tell me where you want to go? You know, if you're Chris Greer, tell me where how where you want to make a stamp on this team, and I'll tell you who to take. Yeah. Uh, well, I okay. I, I think right now, the Chargers. I don't. I gotta go QB. I. I mean, I just. I have to. I get. I get to get season tickets sold. I got to get people excited about the future. And what's not going right. to get people excited about the future is getting like a cornerback. I need to put. And I think two is the name. Yeah, I think you're right, and I I wouldn't question it. I'd say two in there. He's got the 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 recognition. Um, he's from you know Hawaii, so he's got a little bit of that West Coast flavor. Everyone knows Tua. I think it'll be enough to draw butts to seats, whatever that'll look like in the 2020 season. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you for Tua. Are the sh- tongue tongue? Uh, was, yeah, we God it damn it. Got Tua. We'll just call him Tua. All right, Panthers shaking up a little bit. Uh, got a new head coach in Matt Rule. Uh, got a new QB in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, officially released uh, Cam Newton, yeah? Cam Newton's floating out there. Uh, yeah, I think – yeah, well, I think that they – it's been weird, right? So here's another guy that's really been hurt by the quarantine and assessing if he is uh, – you know, if he's injured, not what his what his health status is. Uh, have they officially released him? I haven't seen that. I don't know. I gotta look too. Like I, I think so. Well, also like, does it matter? Like, right. it's just kind of like now it's a technicality. Like he ain't gonna sit behind and just like warm pine and want to play. But I think something that well, also takes sure. away from it too is it feels like the uh, XFL went defunct, which is just another like. Everyone's going through shit, like just like the the worst timing that yep. could happen to you. Yeah, I know. I, I know you're loving uh, uh, X, uh, Cam Newton going to the XFL. <laughs> that would be a a wild scenario. Uh, I think he's still on the Panthers. You don't think? I don't know. Let's yeah, see. you look at. You don't think Newton would go to XFL if he was cut? I think he would get the right contract. He would be like the face of the XFL. It'd be oh, it would be uh, Vince McMahon would would make a. Uh, just a huge power play. You have to roll up the Brinks truck and, and then a second one just to make sure that he is, is there, there. Well, let's talk. Oh, no, they did release him on the 24th. Jeez. Oh, Pete's. Yeah. I th- I th- you get into quarantine. Yeah. You're right. Good job. I thought this good job by you. Drink everybody. Thanks for that. I fucked up on that one. Oh no, you're all good. I thought it's going to be a shorter pod, yeah. but obviously like this is open up a lot of avenues. Where would Cam Newton go? Well, is the, the, the previous mentioned, um, you know, the, the, again, Chargers. depending on what we want to do chargers, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there'd be, I, I mean, I, I mean, the Patriots would be in fucking sand. We talked about this before. I just don't see it. Do the Colts look at it and, and say like, Hey, we could take a plus athlete here if he, if he works out and, um, and, and maybe we're not a hundred percent sold on Jacoby Brissett. The Colts don't have a first round pick. I mean, that would be a hell of a steal for them and just do kind of like a – well, I guess they have Phillip Rivers already, so they'd be looking for more of a future. I, I stand corrected on that one. Um, yeah, the the, quarter, the Colts would be looking for a future quarterback. 
Yeah, it's really he's got limited choices. Yeah, man, point. it's not it's like Chargers. It, it just be it's there's not like a super big market. Like it would be, it I, I think it would only be the Chargers making a butts and seats decision to be. And I, I don't mean like Cam Newton can't win. Like he's an exciting quarterback to like watch. But you're definitely like yeah. it's it's a different like those are the two like diverging roads in the woods, right, brother? Like you're either going like right. Tua, let's start building something, or Cam Newton. Let's sell some tickets and then, like, we'll just try to figure it out as we go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, Carolina Panthers, um, are we high enough right now to make that move on this quarter cornerback that we've just been passing on? Yes. I think if this is the case, if this is the scenario that, that plays out, uh, Matt Rule and them are sprinting to the virtual podium to try and get Akuda, Jeffrey Akuda up there, the number one over cornerback in there. Cornerback is a need for the Panthers. Uh, this would be like the best case scenario for them, getting probably like the third or fourth best overall prospect in a position of need at the seventh pick. I can't I can't think of a, a better situation, especially in a in a league with Julio Jones and uh you know some of the other uh, some of the other big name wide receivers in that in that league, right? So we got in that division rather. Uh, probably three third overall in talent, dropping to seven. So that's actually kind of a win for the Carolina Panthers. Going on the Cardinals, one of a young hot team that is fun to watch. What are we looking at here, brother? So we have listed uh, the needs for the Arizona Cardinals. It looks like we're checking out for. Offensive line, Ed Rusher, defensive line, tight end, defensive back. So we got a young quarterback, a young coach. Well, I always like to say his name. Larry Fitzgerald still hanging around, like re-signing. That's right. And got D-Hop. That's right. Got D-Hop, that big trade acquisition. You know, in, technically, that trade is still up in the air, technically. Because I think they still, have technically. To, they still have to pass a physical. Yes, right, yes. I mean, this is, this is how this whole thing shakes out, right? I mean, I can't imagine a world where he would um not pass it but it would be it would be insane if he didn't right it would be yeah. it would give bill o'brien the biggest mulligan in oh the world. i know right or 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 if david johnson doesn't i mean that's the other thing if david johnson doesn't pass which is more likely of a, a scenario yeah david johnson poor david johnson i don't know if he's been all intact since like 2010 uh all right so you gotta be looking uh there you have to. Uh, you have listed the defensive line is indeed. We got Derek Brown from Auburn sitting there. Is this just kind of like a perfect pick, perfect play situation? So it really depends if you're looking at Derek Brown, who's you know versatile guy, defensive tackle, has size, strength. It's not really a pass rusher. Um, or you could look at, and I'm you know you know Chris Crapplehopper wants to play an up tempo offense. Yeah. You want to protect your Kyler Murray, who who is an undersized guy. Um, I, you could also look at probably a top 10, you know, in that 8, 9, 10 range uh, is Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, who's a tackle out of Iowa, who started, um, I think it was like 40-some-odd, started as a freshman at Iowa. What, what are you laughing I just, at? I just missed that you put his actual head coach name, Chris Koppelhofer on there. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant I'm glad. I'm glad. Brilliant you got buddy. That. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I little, looked over little, that. Little uh, Easter egg for you. Um, 
so you've got the by far probably the best athlete at off. Well, one of the best athletes, Josh Jones from Houston's pretty good too. But Tristan Wirfs has the pedigree. Uh, I love his background. He was a champion track athlete, uh, played on a was a state champion as a wrestler, went to Iowa. Iowa's a great pedigree for offensive linemen coming out of their their little factory. Started as a true freshman, which not all guys do. Ran a four uh eight five. Um people have said he's a little short and might transition to the guard, but he's virtually the same exact size as Jedrick Willis, who everyone has like locked in as the number one overall offensive tackle in the game. So at six four, like three thirty or three ten and like 34-inch arms, I would suggest if I was your scout and your Steve Kime, I'd say let's protect our number one overall pick who we moved you know, heaven and earth for to get, yeah. uh, and let's pre- give him a little protection. That's going to back you up on Warps. I think Warps the right call because um, much to your point, these teams that have these young quarterbacks that they're all in on, like yeah. I think their attitude is like we can outscore you. Like, let me just give my guy time. And so that's where it takes over a little bit more priority than just, like, building up a badass defense. And and, and defensive tackle, I mean, Derek Brown from, from Auburn is b- b- very good. There's some questionable things that are coming out about some, like, drug tests and some other things like that. So there's little questions about that. But still, ultimately, it's like I could find guys like that in the top of the second round that might not have that much of a difference. But I have – the best athlete offensive tackle who's super competitive is a winner all the way through. I, I, I mean, it make in our up-tempo offense, we know he's going to be able to keep pace. makes a lot of sense. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars picking ninth. Uh, so needs we're looking at real fast out of the gate is cornerback, defensive line, edge rusher, offensive line, running back. Um, so they went through a little bit of a quarterback shakeup, right? It seems like they're a little bit all in on Minshew after moving Foles out of there. For sure. Yeah, 100%. They're going to give him the keys to the to the car. Let that bad boy drive. Let's go. Just stash and all. Okay, so um, right now it does look like uh, defensive line's a need. Is this maybe where we get Derek Brown? So this would be where you would want to look at defensive line. You want to start from the middle. Um, you've got, uh, uh, Yannick and Gaku. I'm not going to butcher his name. Sorry about that. You have the other Josh Allen who they drafted last year, seventh overall. Uh, they traded away Calias Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens. So yeah, it would make a lot of sense for them to go defensive tackle. Some guy who's going to be supremely athletic in the middle and, you know, having a front four that disrupts the offense, that gets after the quarterback, that plugs gaps and takes away, you know, intermediate runs in the middle. That's how you become a better as a defensive team overall. So I would say Derek Brown, Auburn. Okay, well, I see, but I do see you don't have wide receiver lists as a need, and we're looking right underneath uh, Derek Brown on some big boards would be um, Jared Judy out of Alabama and. CD Lamb out of Oklahoma, a wide receiver at eight and nine. Is there not like a wide receiver? Just like, do you not just want kind of a flashy like offensive player for this need, or is that are you reaching a little bit? You wouldn't be reaching. No, no one would question that. I mean, you've you've invested a lot with Marcus Lee, um, with uh, uh, DJ Chark, DJ Chark, yeah, and 
and um, so are these just uh, so we got yeah dd westbrook chris conley dd westbrook yeah yeah, are are these just younger receivers we're waiting to see if they blossom so maybe it's a little too early like double down on like adding like another like prospect yeah, it'd be like, I mean, going with the Cardinals did last year and just getting like three or four wide receivers and just getting young guys, you kind of have that. You want to see how they come to fruition, and uh, you, you, you also signed Tyler Eifert too. So you have pass catchers available. Um, you have more glaring needs. It's not, it's not the same defense that was, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars three years ago. There's, there's a lot more holes there. Cornerback is another position. Uh, C.J. Henderson, who I talked about earlier, it's another good guy. Uh, there are a lot of GMs, not like you, Brandana, who have said that maybe he might be the number one overall corner in this draft. So I think it's, you know, that's those are two very good shots for them. But I like they're kind of, you know, Doug Marone has got an interesting philosophy. He wants them to, you know, disrupt and battle up front and knock everyone off their game. You can have mid-level, you know, cornerbacks, that can just play adequately back there and make plays, but it all starts up front with a pass rush, so I'd, I'd go with that. All right, you sold me. Let's go Derek Brown. All right, <clears throat> number 10, we're hopping back into ooh, a team that likes to shake it, make a little bit of moves, get MAB Sports <laughs> Podcast behind them, and then let us down and make us look like idiots. We're talking about Cleveland Browns. Uh, needs we got oh, needs are a lot. Commercial spots, not one of them. Uh, offensive tackle, safety, linebacker, defensive line, wide receiver. So there's little whispers. I'll talk about this with you. I think it was just like pissing in the wind, but we can talk about it because it kind of got me a little bit excited. Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> moved to the Vikings. No way, right? I mean, anything is possible. It, sure. it seems like whatever a says, bit more says smoke something anything, like that, yeah. it means that's not possible. What do you say? Whenever yeah, somebody right. responds like anything's possible, it means whatever you just said is not possible. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it would be the, the right thing right before it's totally impossible would be then, oh, then, then that happens, yeah. but most likely it's impossible, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this would be t- – so I, the Cleveland Browns, I've heard lots of rumors that they might be looking to trade out of this spot just to grab a few more assets, develop. I mean, they like – they have needed offensive tackle. They signed Jack Conklin, a right tackle. Um, they definitely, you know, we saw Baker Baker Mayfield, excuse me, not Mayfield. Thank you. Yep. Kind of running for his life a lot there in Cleveland. Yeah. Offensive line makes a lot of sense in this spot. I mean, safety linebacker, you'd have to, you know, defensive line Javin Kinchlaw might be a very interesting guy uh, or Kinlaw at this uh, position, but it might be a good trade partner. But if we we can't predict if they're going to make trades. Um, yeah, we, you, know, yeah. you might want to sit. Th- yeah, we don't get lost in that. And you're totally right. I, I do think you're exactly right. I think there's a new head coach. I think new head coach brings a win now philosophy. Uh, they have a lot of talent, a young QB that everyone seems to believe in, trench coat and depressing stash and all. So I think it is <laughs> like if we can give them a little bit of time, I, I don't think it's actually with their wide receiver core, especially if they keep it and the running back game. It's just like all the skill positions seem to be pretty full, at least on the offensive yep. side of the ball. So it's like, the only thing that we're doing is like if our quarterback's running for his life, then let's end that. So how how do we got how deep we got to go in the big board? It looks like Andrew Thomas. Is that what we're looking at? Is that what you said? One hundred percent. Yeah, you're right on it. You're you're you're, you're studied up. Twenty six starts at left tackle, fifteen at right tackle. Came into Georgia as a true freshman out of the gate, six five, three hundred fifteen pounds, thirty six. 
inch arms, which is that's where you want the length to keep guys away. Natural pass protector is a leader. Um, has a little mechanics issue overall, but kind of every offensive lineman can be nitpicked on that because they get a lot. Uh, they get away with being so, such superb athletes on that level that they can get away with it. So they are always going to have to kind of adjust when they get into the next league or into the next uh, echelon of their career. But yeah, I would say let's protect Baker Manfield. Give him, you know, give him an offensive tackle. We spent money on Jack Conklin. Let's get Andrew Thomas. Get some bookend tackles and, uh, you know, run Chubb and play action and, and make this a, a thing again. This feels good, good to me, bro. Thanks for doing this with me. Like I really feel like I'm yeah. kind of getting the draft now. Like I've never felt like I got it before, but like I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting. Remember when I uh, was talking to you earlier and I was just like, do you think we can fill up like? 35 minutes with the draft and now <laughs> now we're fucking hour deep into it through 10 teams that's right fuck the hour of power all right new york jets <laughs> number 11 um we have their needs listed as wide receiver edge rusher offensive tackle cornerback running back that's right well uh well why do we have running back on the list uh but well i th- i think it's for depth right i mean i think they want to look at depth of of the players that are there yeah i guess if they're... you know you don't have much behind Le'Veon bell you spent so much there for him this is why it's our big philosophy or at least mine i think i got you over to this side it's just like these marquee running backs not worth it like get an right. offensive line have a hole split the difference like let's just go running back by committee as as much as that not fun for fantasy football players like it it seems to work for franchises uh, okay, so they did get uh, AJ Anderson moved on. So he's at where's he at? Bears now. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. You said. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Sorry, no, I said AJ. Um, it is Robbie. I'll, I'll find did it. Did he go? He went to he went to Carolina Panthers, which will be Panthers, interesting. Yes. With with Matt Rule uh, over there, so interesting there. So your boy Robbie Anderson has moved so on. Boy. Yeah. And and they've got who do they have left over there? I don't have their depth chart. Do you have that up in front? I do, buddy. Yeah, uh, Jameson Crowder, um, yep. Quincy Inua. Yeah, who's often injured, and you've got you know the slot guru. So you're looking for a big. Oh, they got Josh play guy Josh Doxson, who's still like I won't I won't do the flame out on him. He's a Washington Redskins yep. guy, right? He's like yep, yeah, hundred percent. Everyone's yep. fantasy football darling like two years ago, and it was like slow down, <laughs> right. slow down. <laughs> So this is this is shaking up really, uh, really nicely for you because you get your pick of the litter here. Adam Gase gets a wide receiver to get uh, oh, for yeah. Sam Darnold a weapon for him, right? I mean, this makes a lot Dude, of that's, sense. That's right good. Here. Do you think they? Do you think they look at the board? I mean, it's a no shit comment, but like, how much they look at the board? And they're just like, all right, it's kind of wide receiver heavy, like around like we're picking like top third of the draft. So let's move out right. a guy that's not quite clicking or at least get like a discount and bring in like a new talent and just try to bring them up with our quarterback that's trying to take that that step to probably like third tier. Right. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's why you look at the draft heading into it. I'm sure this informed their decision on Robbie Anderson, um, aside from his kind of antics on the field, is you look at it and you're like, this is a is this position group is as deep as it gets in this draft. Yeah. There are, I mean, there are seven or eight first or second round, like potentially second round or or late first round draft picks in this position group. Can you get like it's super deep? Can you give me a quick plus minus on? I already bailed on the thing. You had to compare every player. That's all right. This is going to get exhausting for you. I'm glad I do that. You were just like 
damn, we can't do this in the entire thing. But just give me <laughs> give me a quick breakdown um, between um, Jared Judy out of Alabama, wide receiver. These are all wide receivers. Uh, C.D. Lamb yep. uh, out of Oklahoma, and we also have Henry Ruggs the third out of, out, of, out of Alabama. How are these guys kind of placed out different, and what are we looking at? Okay, so Jerry Judy uh, is not an overly big guy. He's like six foot, uh, has set tons of records at Alabama, everything. The only guys that were better at Alabama than him playing wide receiver were Julio Jones and uh, uh, and Cooper. Uh, he's not like a really super big guy. Uh, he's not going to help you out in the um, the run game as a, as a blocker. But what he is is he is a technically proficient uh, wide receiver. He is – Unbelievable when the route tree is very technically sound, makes big plays, has speed, is elusive. He's everything that you could imagine in a wide receiver. He's my number one wide receiver that there is. Then you've got C.D. Lamb, who a lot of people have slated as that number one, played at Oklahoma, um, had unbelievable production, um, was an unbelievable playmaker, 6-1, ran a 4-5, but has just kind of the big play-making instincts, scored a ton of touchdowns at Oklahoma, played with three different quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and then Jalen Hurts uh, in in uh, Lincoln Riley's offense there. Unbelievable production. Uh, needs a little bit of polish, has a little kind of a backyard game to him, but I think he's an outside threat who's going to make plays and high point the ball and get just some touchdowns. And then there's Henry Ruggs III, who also played at Alabama, was an elite athlete. And if you watch any highlights on Henry Ruggs, has tons of like just insane dunks in high school, was a basketball first athlete. He, uh, my favorite stat, one of my favorite stats, he scored a touchdown on, on every 4.1 catches he was a touchdown. This dude was an electric playmaker. Uh, size and kind of, you know, he was – amongst a ton of talent in Alabama. So it allowed him to kind of just pop the top off everything, just be just dynamic in one certain thing. So I haven't seen a ton of different routes from him. He's a little on the smaller side, which maybe has given some questions to, to, to durability issues, but he's electric. He's kind of in that Emmanuel Sanders before the Achilles tear and everything like that, yeah. where he's a dynamic playmaker. Great breakdown, brother. So uh, what's going on here? Isn't like answer riddle me this, my friend. Yes. Doesn't it take a wide receiver? Isn't that other skill position? And I know there's not a shit ton. And obviously we have to remove quarterback. Doesn't it take a beat to adapt the NFL? I mean, I know there's some like amazing sure. guys, but like wide receiver, I always remember just being like, okay, even like Des Bryant and all that, it's just like, all right, so we'll see what he's really about. Like year, like to the t- towards the end of like year two, and then I'll have a real yep. idea who this guy is. Yeah, 100%, because I think there's the, the position is so nuanced, and these guys, again, like the offensive tackles I talked about, they come into it, and they are just athletically more gifted than everyone else around them. But then when you get to the league, and everyone's as good of an athlete as you are, then that's where the craft comes in. Yeah. And these guys can't just kind of outspeed and jump everyone. They have to be technically proficient, and some guys can't get it. So to that point... When you're looking at Jerry Judy versus C.D. Lamb, kind of 1A, 1B of, of wide receivers, and I'm Adam Gase, yeah. and I have a third-year quarterback in Sam Darnold, I'm, I'm going to want to go with Judy because he's the most polished, pro-ready guy that can step in, knows all the routes. And I know there's a big thing that came out about his Wonderlick test that he scored. Look, Wonderlick is fucking stupid. It is bullshit. Ooh. 
I don't give a fuck uh-huh. about Wonderlook yeah. tests. Bro, 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 bro. First off, if you <laughs> fucking judge these guys, these guys know more about their craft and their skills and their their profession than you do about yours. Yeah. For most, I mean, unless I'm unless a doctor's listening, maybe that may not be the case. Sure. But I mean, if you're just like a guy who works like a nine to five. Jerry GD puts more work and effort as more football intelligence and smarts than you do about your particular job at fucking, you know, uh, 24 hour fitness or whatever the fuck you roasted, work at. Bro. So You're let's, let's, yeah, whoa, whoa, look out. Ooh. I'm a, I just, I just, I just, I just get annoyed when these yeah, guys like get called out for a stupid test that's like a trivia based thing that they don't fucking know. But if you put them up on the whiteboard, that's the real test. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Show me that. So. That's my that's my little stump speech on Wonderlick. Perfect, buddy. I'm glad you broke that down. Um, all right, I, we're gonna go with Jerry Judy. Uh, Boom. That's who the Jets are picking up. Now we're hopping in number pick number twelve. I uh, got the Las Vegas Raiders. So, there you go, brother. I like it. Oh yeah, there's some moves happening here. Uh, so they acquired Marcus Mariota. I think there's always rumblings yep. that if uh, Gruden was actually happy with the quarterback situation there and i don't think this necessarily threatens it but do we have a quarterback competition going in there and i know we're not going quarterback off the board i get that and i think right. if we all know gruden like gruden likes flashy so i think we're going to be looking at one of these wide receivers we were just talking about and i think you agree with that but uh do we have a quarterback thing or is this more of just like slugging like a mariota in like kind of a saint situation we're just rolling him out sometimes and he's just kind of a new weapon yeah, I mean, I think, and it, it also might just give a little assurance for Derek Carr if he gets banged up and beat up. I mean, Mariotti's a savvy veteran, and, you know, who knows? Maybe we have more of a Ryan Tannehill situation than not, you know? So, um, it, it, yeah, I mean, this is where, you know, I think a lot of people would have thought about, you know, if Tua fell to the Las Vegas Raiders, or does Jordan Love be the, the splashy pick because Gruden, you know, has – Eight years left of that ten-year deal, and <laughs> he doesn't want to fucking you know deal with what, their was, car is, any is, longer. Is that like a real contract, or is that like when the Minnesota Vikings signed like Donovan McNabb and they just canceled it when they're just like this doesn't make sense? Yeah, I, I have no idea about the terms of that, so it'll be. I'm I'm sure I'm sure they'd have to. I'm sure there's a pretty hefty buyout clause, and I'm sure it reduces year after year. So yeah. at this point, I mean, I think the Raiders aren't going to shake anything up, so they'll yeah. just. They'll give him the keys. It's interesting that, you know, Mike Mayock is the GM. Um, uh, you know, I think he might be looking, you know, you got to show up the defense. I mean, uh, you know, you've got C.J. Henderson right there. It will be right there at kind of his positional value. You're looking at that. Or you're looking at C.D. Lamb, who by all accounts is like, you know, at the lowest kind of spot that I saw him was about the – 10th overall or the ninth overall player in the draft yep. so well here's a wide receiver I mean, I, situation uh we got tyrell williams which is kind of like a young sexy fantasy pick that people are excited about uh nelson aguilar uh moving from dropping balls for philadelphia now he's going to drop balls for the las vegas raiders <laughs> and then we have uh zay jones looks like that's our one two three punch so a wide receiver Ooh. select here wouldn't be nuts but what do you think about uh and you're better at this than i am what do you think about gruden's overall philosophy on how he's going to win football games? yeah i mean that's a, that's a, that's a so this is a great point right so this is this is a deep crew already and you've got you've got to look at it it's like do i bring cd you know because you also have hunter renfro in there who they loved in the slot yep. last year played really well 
So now we're looking at that's what five wide receivers already. Yeah. That's a, and that's you know Zay Jones is probably on the outside looking and without in. Jason and Jason to... Witten's there. Let's not forget right. you brought in Jason Witten, yeah. right? So it's like we're we're bringing up you know guys. I mean, you're really kind of missing you know Zay Jones is that kind of outside that X wide receiver who lines up on the outside. You got Tyrell Williams who's going to be the big play threat over the top. So you're really kind of missing that. But I mean, maybe you think Zay Jones can can do that uh, and get to that level. You know he's got he's got a good pedigree. He had some moments in Buffalo, you know. Or do you look at you know C.J. Henderson, who is the second best defensive back or defensive corner in this thing? You've got one other pick at nineteen. Yeah. So that's maybe where you look to address that. It's like, you know, this is where it's like, all right, do we just take? You know, we're sitting at twelve, and we've got the you know number you know a top ten prospect in there who could fill a position of need somebody who's in here is going to get their feathers ruffled for it but it this is competition based you know we need playmakers i mean uh, uh, yeah it's all about playmakers yeah that's true i i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with kinlaw can i can i weigh you like wait on that like i think yes you may i think it's a little bit of i like your philosophy i think there's young talent i think he kind of hedged his bet a little bit on quarterback just to make it interesting i think he's trying to Play his little football. I think uh, one of the most exciting running backs in the league and Josh Jacobs that's really going to blow up. So I think he's just like, it's going to be, and contrary to like these other teams we talked about, like the Arizona Cardinals that went all in on, you know, uh, quarterback and let's protect him. I think it's more of like their quarterback is something you have to overcome as opposed to like highlight. So I think it's going to be a little bit, let's use those receivers and let's make our defense stop from some fucking scores. And see if we can just I like, like get that down. So I, I think that's where, if you agree with me, brother, I'd like to go Javon Kinlaw here from South Carolina. I like it. I like it, Brandana. Javon Kinlaw gets the Chris Jones Comp Award, right? So in the AFC West, you've got a big six six, three hundred and ten pound defensive tackle who's got just just raw talent. He's raw and uncut. I like this. I like this. Disrupt from the middle, blow up. I like it. I like where you're at, Brantiana. Thanks, brother. I always like when I surprise you. It just it gives me a little chill. It's a little tingle. All right, <laughs> pick number 13. We got the 49ers. Uh, you do remember correctly, they did come in second place in the Super Bowl. Bow, 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 Kansas City Chiefs fans. Bow, bow, bow. But they did get this pick from Indianapolis. Um, so the needs here, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, quarterback. Qu- not quarterback, cornerback. Well, quarterback debatable. Not on our list, but uh, cornerback, safety. Um, so is this, I mean, are they super just staring? They're often seem to be clicking just because they run a lot of complicated run packages and that never seemed to be something that was lingering. The defense, maybe not a lot, but if you look at them going up, because I think right now you have a different mindset. If you're one of the top eight teams, it's just like, how do we stop the chiefs? How do we stop the Ravens? Like, or how do we stop the Saints? Put the Saints on that list also. It's like, what do we got to do? So I think maybe this is a defensive like gear up right here. So I think they're maybe looking to shore up one of those, you know, cornerback safety defensive line needs. Right. And so this is, this would be one of the, one of those things where what, what are their corners looking like? Right. So what are their, cause right now you, you've got CJ Henderson from Florida. Who's got great size speed can really go out there, man coverage. Right. Yep. 
uh, not a great tackler, but it's going to take away one side of the field. You've got an aging Richard Sherman. Yeah. Um, you've got, I'm trying to still look at who's on the board, you know, interior, right? You've got edge rusher guys, Clay, Clay Levon chasing be a little bit of a reach at this point in the game right here. Um, or you've got CD lamb or Henry rug sitting there right there. Yeah, like I, I get, I get the wide receiver again. Like I'm not even watching that. You know the fireworks show against the Saints. I know the Saints don't have like a legendary defense. I can really think they have to look a little bit about slowing teams down as opposed to like boning up on the offense. So I do like. I think your aging Richard Sherman is a great fucking pick. If we get as much as we said it was a weakness earlier, just to kind of get that asset to just shut down half of the field. Uh, I I'm leaning towards C.J. Henderson. Let's give him a shot. There you go. Yeah, you might as well, right? Let's let's get him lined up. It's a good depth spot. You've still got position or pick 31, too. Yeah. So let's take kind of that best guy on the board. Best guy on the board, yeah. Take a little shot and just kind of focus on that deep, which you want to get bone up. Because that does help you out, even the contract thing. Like, look less to free agency and have to sign someone in market value. Let's get a rookie that might pan out and see how it lands with right. the cornerback. Because I think cornerback, the more I'm getting a feel from you, it's a little bit more of a crapshoot. All right, um, number 14. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they had one, one big acquisition. I can't remember what it. What did they shake? That's right. Was they it? They shake a, something they up. They signed a guard. They signed a guard. Who they sign? Oh shit! Well, oh god! It was the greatest player of all time. That's right. I forgot. I feel embarrassed that I forgot <laughs> oh, that's it was right. that. That was my. That's bad. right. He signed. He moved from New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay fucking Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, they also signed Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> The only thing that makes me feel better is that I fucking called it. Uh, all right, so this is so this is a weird spot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Because right now, uh, a tar- top two on the board is we still have um, Lamb and Ruggs, uh, two wide receivers, still hanging out. But it's not a big, probably, there's not a lot of teams that have a weaker need at wide receiver than Tampa, Bu- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Godwin, Evans. It's not. It's not a big need, right? Is it the best one, two, three? It's got to be the best one, two, three. Um, I think, especially since Diggs left Minnesota. Well, probably, yeah. Probably one of the best one, two, right? I mean, yeah, Minnesota's out there. It's definitely the best one, two. Oh, you mean one, two, three being the quarterback? Is that what you're saying? No. Uh, who's Who's that guy that kind of uh, stepped up? I thought like it was like a little sneaky. So it was uh, Evans and Godwin, and I thought like was it Mitchell, kind of a sneaky wide receiver. It was per- Perriman was the guy that came in once they were, but he's moved on. So uh, oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Okay, right. Left. okay yeah, well, yeah. O.J. Howard. That's I'll put him back. Whatever. So I got it wrong. Best one, two. Very good. I'll yeah. argue the one, two. Best one, two. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, uh, most awesome. Yes, I did mean quarterback. <laughs> gotcha. One, two, three. Gotcha. Very quarterback. Smoked. Got it. One, two, got three, it. quarterback. Um, so, I mean, how do you not want to protect your – that's for forty-three-year-old <laughs> quarterback. Quarterback that, that right? you have I mean, that you have two years at best with. Yes, you want to maximize it. So you're really looking at at this point now. You've got to make a decision, right? So you you you're probably looking at the Browns at ten with Andrew Thomas sitting there and trying to make a frantic deal to get up there to take him. Oh yeah, because now you're sitting here with Mackay Becton or probably. Josh Jones, which might be a little bit of a reach, or Austin Jackson, which might be a little bit of a reach too. Um, do you say back? Do you say fucking and trade out of it and try to see like can you still get any offensive line help on the free agency wire? 
Well, I don't think so. There's not that many free agents on that are going to be offensive tackles that are going to come in here. So you've got yeah, and they're they're probably they're probably of, locked up on money also, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is they're they're pretty tight on that. So it's like let's look at Mackay Becton, who's six seven. 364 pounds, 35-inch long arms, played 12, 21 games at left tackle, 12 games at right tackle for Louisville. Uh, biggest knock is he gets a little over-aggressive, gets mauls guys a little oh, bit. Like uh, there was a little question mark on his drug oh, test. Oh, yeah, so we get some flags. Oh, we get some flags and he likes to party? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we got Josh Jones out of Houston, pure left tackle, 45 starts, really good athlete, was a basketball guy before he took on football strength run blocker a little bit of a maturity issue in the clubhouse kind of coaches have said he's grown a lot at houston but um but as terms of a a left tackle 45 starts and you have austin jackson it's probably the youngest offensive tackle that's out there really athletic not again not a great run blocker but these are guys that are all projected Makai Becton could play both tackles, but Josh Jones and Austin Jackson, both left tackles. Like I said, they probably would have been doing more to trade up in this position, but we're not forecasting trades because it's just impossible. Yeah, exactly. We'll be here all and, night. Even more. This is going to be yeah, this is going to be a three-part three pod series. Also, <laughs> went from like <laughs> we'll get the hour of power to, um, yeah. So it's impossible to project the trade, so we're not going to try to do that. But I would. Uh, I agree that maybe. Uh, they try to, yeah, they try to trade up because I think there was some, uh, some earlier picks and God, we're not going to remember it, but trade up where they could take like, uh, that offensive line. We'll see it. I do like the, so if I got to pick on paper, I'm going to take Josh Jones. You're the guy that said he could be a little bit of, um, you said this is the guy that could be a little bit of a locker room headache. Cause here's, here's what I trust. Like lean on your strengths. You have Tom fucking Brady walking in the locker room. Right. So I think anybody like. If you get can get any value on a slight head case, like Tom Brady is going to be your benefit because everyone's going to want to win for Tom Brady. So it's just for like sure. if, if that's a value pick, because it's just like oh this guy like's got a headache, like one one dinner with Tom, and it's going to be like all right, I want to win for you, like I'll I'll die. He's going to set up. Absolutely. Yep. No, let's do it. Josh Jones, let's take it. Josh Jones, I like it. Lovely. Lovely. All right. Fifteen. Thanks for still being with us. Must be a long road trip. Denver Broncos. <laughs> um, all right. GM John Elway classically trying to land a quarterback. Uh, Might have kind of finally pulled it off. What do you think about the quarterback situation in Denver? I'm not a big fan of Drew Locke, but he played well towards the end. Yeah, I like what I saw. He's got a big arm. I, I like the growth I saw. You know, I mean, they, they were 7-9. and nine. I was really surprised. I think you, we were both surprised at the, the way that they finished the season overall. You know, he's got a big arm, and uh, he's going to make some interceptions. We'll see how the full season comes out. But uh, this is where you've got to get him some playmakers, right? Yeah, so this is uh, this is classic. Um, you're getting just value for where you land. I do think we're projecting this pretty close to what happened. Like, stands a trade. It's the last time we'll say it. Drink, everybody. But uh, I do think you have to take that CD lamb, that other wide receiver off the board, and be like, "All right, let's take the horses out and run." What do you got? You got a different point. I like it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other Woo! direction. I'm gonna go with the other wide receiver. I'm not gonna go with CD Lamb oh, just because he ran. He ran a four five. He's a little bit slower, and you have Cortland Sutton out there. So they're they're very identical. And I mean, Cortland Sutton's a little bit bigger, a little bit slower. Give me this explosive athlete. You've got a big armed quarterback in Drew Lock. Give me Henry Ruggs, 
who ran a 427. It's going to pop the top off of it. Let Cortland Sutton work the middle. I mean, have my big play threat over the top. Get him in the return game. Let's get some excitement up in mile high. Uh, and we've got to compete with the track meet that is the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. Right? The Chargers. We've got to compete with that. Give me Henry Ruggs. I already wrote it down <laughs> before you. Well, <laughs> wrote it down in ink. Well, my hands are tied, people. Uh, I know. I, I love it. Let's uh, let's <laughs> rugs it up. Okay. I, I like that pick. Okay. So now we, uh, we drop to ooh, the purgatory of football. That would be the Atlanta Falcons. I almost ooh. dozed off just reading the name of the team. It's tough, dude. This is a tough one. I don't one. know what are they rebuilding? Are they debuilding? Are they expiring? Are they starting over? Like has this team existed since like the fifties? Like who are these guys? What the fuck is going on here? Right, exactly. It's so it's um, such it's such insanity how much talent they have and how they can absolutely like just shoot them shoot themselves in the I don't even know what's and I watched because I was like, all right, this year and I'll make this really fast. But I wanted to bet the over-under, and I was just like, all right, like I get they had the Super Bowl hangover, and this year they're going to bounce back because there's just too much. Give me Matt Ryan. Give me you know Julio Jones. Give me like just that wide receiver core, and just like shit's going to happen. And it, it did not. No, Calvin Ridley? No, certainly yes, did not. It's so bizarre. <laughs> if you should be losing games like the Buccaneers. Like that I can take. Like lose games like 42 to 40. But they're losing games like 17 to 3. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's it's an it's an insane thing, um, and here's the thing too. They are, it's so funny that you brought up purgatory because at this spot, the way that the draft shaking out for their needs in the, in <laughs> secondary not, and linebacker, they're they're in a fu- they're in fucking purgatory because they yeah. to to address the need, they're going to be reaching right. Yeah. You could look at Clavon Chasen, an edge rusher out of LSU. Um, who is going to be kind of positionally right there? What, what you need? You got rid of Vic Beasley. You're going to look to address some issues with the defensive second, uh, with the defensive issues there. But you know who? Secondary, right? You were kind of hoping for C.J. Henderson. Now you're looking at like Jeff Clandy, maybe Trayvon Diggs, Stefan's brother. I don't, I don't know where you go at this spot. Okay, so you do have you do have the let's just look. So you made a move for Todd Gurley, bizarre. I mean, I know you got him on the cheap, so you bailed out the Rams a little bit, so you get a little bit of discount right. on a good running back, which made sense because the year prior you had traded away uh, Freeman or whatever. Uh, you do this is probably the best one to uh, Chiefs are still up there because they score so many fucking points, but the one two of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, like you have offensive weapons, you're ready to go. Yeah, like we got defensive problems. I agree with you. Like I am looking right now. Like I gotta go chasing out of LSU. I think that's gotta be the pick. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, he's a long athlete. He's explosive. Wore the 18 jersey at LSU, which is like a does everything right. This is an awarded jersey number at at, at LSU. Given a little little insight tip to LSU football. Um, I'm actually. Didn't have like a I, I'd, I'd want to dig in more to that if we weren't like two hours deep into this podcast. We thought it was going to last 50 minutes, <laughs> but definitely dog ear that because I'm super curious about that 18 sacred jersey at LSU. Tell your story. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, nine and a half sacks in I think 26 games. So it doesn't have a ton of uh, production, but is a good leader. Long, athletic. And I think it addresses your biggest need, which is getting some defensive playmakers out there. 
Secondary would have been an issue, but you know you can wait on those guys. Clavon, Lason, let's go, or Chasen, let's go. Nice, I like it. You'll also you'll have a little bit. Uh, you can patch a hole when Richard Sherman gets released based on an earlier pick. All right, picking at seventeen, yeah. um, Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas Cowboys are trying to figure out like what tier they're on, and not to bring it up, but just like are they going to be a contender? Like just really weirdly super disappointing for the talent they have. The offensive yeah. line is strong. We're, we're cooking on offense, but we still can't get it done on offense. But I don't think it's like a lack of a playmaker. Like, there's just not. So we're going to, like, finally a new head coach, which was a long time coming. So I think just on a macro, we got to look defensive side of the football. Defensive side? Oh, you there? Yeah, I'm back, buddy. Oh, you said defensive side, right? Of course, yeah, defensive side. We're fine on offense. We're fine. They're fine on offense, even though CeeDee Lamb now is just kind of hanging out there, right? Does Jerry Jones, does Jerry go Jerry Wood on this? I just want you to, I'm just asking right now. Yeah, I know you're You're exactly right. He loves a sexy fucking pick. Ooh, but I'd like him to stay disciplined. I, I think our offensive line is still solid. Uh, let's let's go to your big board that you broke down, which is so great. Uh, so we're looking at needs, edge rusher, cornerback, uh, offensive line, wide receiver, safety. So wide receiver is third down. I think you can't be sexy here. And Patrick, Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen is where, where I'm leaning instinctually. Yeah. Yep, he's an inside linebacker, played in the third three four. So he's going to give uh, Jalen Smith and uh, the other guy Layton something or other over there as the inside backer. Uh, you know, he's young, good speed, has a lot of good quickness, goes for a lot of big plays, has a few missed tackles, only a one year performer at LSU, but I like him in that in that three four setup for you. Yeah, uh, you can find a, a way to p- play him out there in space, and that, like you're, you're looking for speed and playmakers in your linebackers. He's going to bring that. He's young. You can get him a little bit of seasoning in there, and you'd have a really good linebacking core. Uh, did they did they resign Sean Lee? Sean Lee, your, yep. Your favorite, yep. Sean Lee's Yeah, Sean Lee's still still in the squad. Still hanging there. So you're going to have a kind of a locker room guy to kind of settle up. They signed McCoy and Don Terry Poe. And the defensive tackles. The other biggest thing that they probably would need to fix after this is uh, offensive center, but it's not a great center class or interior lineman after Travis Fedrick retired. So that's their probably biggest gaping need on the offensive line. So I think I think Jerry avoids being insane and going and picking another wide receiver. I think he grabs this mock. Uh, he, he grabs Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen, great. All right. All right, we still, yeah, we're still lining up on that. Uh, is there, well, let's uh, dive off a little bit and we'll make this super tight in uh, six seconds. How important is like a locker room leader and try to make this not a bullshit question, but if you have a locker room leader that's just kind of like um, top position, like a Sean Lee, is that like kind of def- like affect your decision making at any way of bringing in like a younger guy because it's just like oh like this guy's gonna grow a little bit faster because I have like kind of one of the best right now being able to shape this guy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's definitely a consideration, right? So it's like if I'm 
again, you're 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 looking at if I'm in that position, I'm looking at the depth of value at the position that I'm trying to fill and where we're at and compare it to other spots. And if it's a if the question mark is this guy's like a like we talked about with Josh Jones is like he's a little bit of a question mark, a little bit of a head case, a little bit immature. But I've got the right yeah. locker room guys that I think that are going to bring him out of it. I think that will help aid it because it's like at the, you're not evaluating the physical. You know the physical's there, so it's like let's just look at can he uh, assimilate into the locker room? Can he bring us what we need, or can 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 we have the players around him to, to bring him out of him, uh, bring it out of him? So yeah. Okay, uh, so we're going. 18 Miami Dolphins. So earlier in the pick, this they got this pick from Pittsburgh. Um, in the draft, we had them picking uh, that quarterback. They reached a little bit, passing on Tua, because not able to get kind yep. of the health things figured out. Right now, at 18, we still got nine CD Lamb on the board. Is that too tempting to pass up? I, I, I think so. It's not a position of need, but it's definitely like – you you he's a top 10 player and you're getting him at 18 you already have you have the pick 26 as well too for the dolphins so take a gamble here pick cd lamb i can't believe he's fallen this far but i mean just the way that we've been shaking out the draft here it kind of works out well for the dolphins if this is how it all shakes out it doesn't it makes sense to me like this isn't like we're not putting together like a it's just the wackiest draft you would ever see like this is this is all kind of making no. sense on a need basis and with like versus talent. So I still think CeeDee Lamb could be sitting there and it's uh it's a hot take, I think, for the Dolphins where they're just like, okay, well uh, we can't we can't pass this up. No, for sure. Absolutely not. All right, so we're back to pick nineteen. We got the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh we talked about their needs. We went um what did we, we did defensive side of the football, right? Linebacker. We went Clint Kinlaw. Yep, no, we went Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw for the Raiders at 12, shoring up that defensive line. Yeah. Uh, they've got still needs at cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line, and uh, linebacker. And so we've got, you know, we've got good position players at, at those spots. Makai Becton, the monster offensive tackle. You've got uh, linebackers a little light. You know, you've already got, you've got Kenneth, Kenneth Murray, Murray yeah. from Oklahoma. Seen that. For Oklahoma. Yep. And you've got Jeff Glandy, who's my my next defensive back, ahead of Trayvon um, uh, Diggs, from TCU, ultra-competitive, strong tackler, a little bit over-aggressive in the past game, but I think, you know, it's got that kind of, you know, you've got, you, 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 you brought in uh, Abrams from Mississippi State last year, Clellan Farrell. Uh, these guys from the Raiders defensively were super competitive. Like he wanted character guys, he wanted aggressive guys in the secondary. Clandy is from Texas, um, you know. So you've got you know TCU in there. You got a good pedigree in his performance. Uh, does make some sense in the secondary, or you could go Beckton, who's just a mountain of a man, right? You could put him in. You could slot him right at it. At, at right tackle and move him around and not feel too too bad about that either. And give a little protection for Derek Carr and or uh, Marcus Mariota. So I think I think uh, the Raiders definitely kicking themselves. Their fingers are crossed when C.D. Lamb goes to pick right before them. They're just like, oh, yeah. I thought falls in my lap. I want to I want to gobble it up. 
But I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think John Gruden, um, Mayock, they doubled down a little bit on the defensive side of the football. And I think we're looking, it's just like, why not take a little bit of flyer on a need and uh, Christian Fulton, not too much of a read, like a reach, and just kind of see how that pans out. What do you think? Oh, Christian Fulton is a good one. There's a lot of, I mean, the defensive secondary, there's a lot of up and downs on it. I mean, I've heard, I've seen Christian Fulton as high well, as well, 12. What do you, so what do you think? What do you think, uh, just based on, like, Gruden's kind of style? I know they brought up again, he's just such a public guy. Do you think he goes a little bit safer with, like, Kenneth Murray? And then we're going linebacker, and we're just, like, doubling down on kind of like that defensive line, linebacking core? No, I mean, I definitely – I like the idea of secondary for him because I think it's got good depth in that position. But there's a lot of guys that could range after this from Jeff Clandy, Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Terrell, and Christian Fulton. Uh, you know, there's – it really that, – that really comes a – like, how do you view your secondary? Like, how do you – how do you think that that guy's going to stick in there? Uh, Fulton w- was a super – like aggressive cover guy had some good tape a little bit of handsy issues but all these guys are going to have these issues so you know it really comes down to like what kind of mindset is he going to go for you know he might go a little bit on the pedigree Gruden and go with Fulton just because of the LSU thing and the dominant defensive you know kind of run that they were on and he lined up against all their best wide receivers Fulton did so it's not it's not an insane pick I like it yeah and Lord knows that the Raiders ain't afraid of flags i don't know how they keep that so consistent it's insane all right we're gonna do fulton to the raiders at 19 so jackson uh jacksonville jaguars doing another pick from the los angeles rams at pick 20 so with our previous pick for the jaguars where'd we go bro what do we do they they took um they took Derek brown out of the defensive tackle out of auburn they still have kind of some needs on the edge offensive tackle sitting there at becton um you got a cornerback, Glandy, who we talked about, uh, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, Stefan's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got Kenneth Murray, another outside linebacker uh, who's got rangy and speed out of OU. So you've got you've got some guys that are going to fill in there in your spots of need. Yeah, so this, this is a good landing spot for them. Just kind of look for what they need. I mean, I, I would maybe do – they're looking, can we go to the Becton you were talking about? Like, let's let's really try to shore up yeah. this offensive line. Like, we're investing a little bit in the quarterback. We're not all in, but at least let's try to, like, step up their protection a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is he can play either position, right or left tackle. And he's got a little, like, a, you know, he's just so big and aggressive that, you know, 6'7", I mean, he, he's going to have to be a little bit coached up on this, on the, training aspect of it in terms of technique doug marone likes the power run with uh with fournette so putting him as a big huge right tackle uh makes a lot of sense all right so next up at pick uh 21 we have the philadelphia eagles so they're kind of they're shaking things up a little bit uh probably a disappointing season if you had to look at it on paper this year they're looking towards uh what they really need to fill out is wide receiver Offensive line, linebacker, cornerback, safety. I mean, is this just a Justin Jefferson at a value pick? Yeah, I mean, so Justin Jefferson is a great wide receiver. 111 catches, 18 touchdowns in that, you know, worked primarily out of the slot uh, for LSU. Um, Makes a lot of sense. 
you know, but are you, you know, you're there looking at that. Um, had some drop issues, eight drops in 2019. Or are you looking at Brandon Ayuk, um, who is 5'11", the run after catch machine, has got an insane catch radius of like 80 inches, which is like two inches shorter than uh, Calvin Johnson. But he's only 5'11", so he's just got these insanely uh, long arms, helped out in the return game. Uh, the only bit downside is it's only one year of production, and um, he's not a truly polished wide receiver at this point. So you've got the two best wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, um, who I think most people have given the slight edge to, or Brandon Ayuk, who a little bit more dynamic, but – you know, you might also have a little bit more of a bust because it's only one year uh, of real production at Arizona State. Well, you do agree that it's going to be a wide receiver, right? Because if you look at this, like, yeah, uh, oh, 100%. Yeah, it's got to be. And they're, uh, they're actually kind of sit in the prime position to kind of make a move on that. I mean, they got Deshaun, the aging Deshaun Jackson, no shit on his talent, but, uh, you know, always a little injured, like, still has a speed, but getting kind of long in the tooth. And then we've got Alshon Jeffrey, who doesn't seem to be able to string 16 games together. And then we lost right. the drop machine. That is Aguilar. So they right. make a move. and, and, and Justin Jefferson could fit in there as a big slot guy. Those two guys on the outside, he comes in there and is a good release valve along with Ertz and uh, to give Carson Wentz kind of a release valve. And, you know, I, I do like Justin Jefferson. I'm not going to lie, but if you're looking for more of that top end player, I think Ayuk has a little bit higher of a ceiling, but a bigger question mark of if we're going to actually actualize that ceiling. So I would say Justin Jefferson. I'm going to go just Justin Jefferson too. Like I just like I think whenever it's a coin flip, you got to go to whatever you think is the highest on the board, and it's just like, and Philadelphia is used to watching wide receiver drop balls, so they'll get over it. <laughs> All right, uh, number twenty-two, we got the Minnesota Vikes. Go Vikes! From Let's go Vikes. Buffalo Bills. Um, I should have to line this up. The needs are deep. Um, cornerback, wide receiver, edge rusher, offensive line, safety. Uh, yeah, I think we need... I really think we're going to go offensive line on this. Even though it looks like it's going to be a little bit of a reach. And I don't... I know we got... Uh, Xavier Rhodes leaving. I know there's a lot, kind of a lot of holds on defense where you need to build back up, but I need uh, as much as I need a pass rush. Like Kirk Cousins without any time is your eye in the pocket. Like it's just worthless. So yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna have to move somebody back inside then, right? Or or pick a guy that's gonna have to work inside, right? Like I mean, you, you're you're really needing like a Robert Hunt, who's probably like the 61st over overall rated offensive guard or like Cesar Ruiz, right? Out of Michigan, yeah. who is probably in the forties, right? So you're it's a little bit of a, a luxury pick. A reach a reach this, pick though, right? Should, should, a reach pick, yeah. A reach, yeah. So we, I, would, I would say a reach, but should we go Kenneth Murray? Not like should we just get linebacker I mean, and get like a little bit a little bit like just double down on the pass rush and try to win games like, you know, 22 to 20 as opposed to relying on Kirk Cousins because that's that's the fucking road to me I know I'm oversimplifying but it's just like you're either offensive strategic or you're defense strategic and I know our head coach just wants to run the ball the entire fucking time 
So if, if that's his game plan, like why not just build up our defense and try to get like a little pressure on the quarterback? Because I don't know how the Vikings got inspired, but that's what worked for us against the Saints is like we were able to get like a little pressure on Breeze and like start to make some mistakes. So now I'm flip-flopping a little bit. Now like I, I kind of want to go back to, you know, give me – I know we don't like linebackers not really. I mean give me A.J. Epinsa. Epinsa? Epinesa, right? Yeah. Give me yeah. that. So you're looking at your AJ Epinesa. Okay. So here's so here's one. All right. This is a this is a good pick. Four three end sets the edge. One year starter, but had 26 and a half sacks in 39 games. He's a beast. He's like six five two sixty five. He's power rusher. Yeah. Uh, Epinesa out of Iowa. I like him very much. Um, I think this is a better way. It gives you a little insurance against the Danelle Hunters, the Everson Griffins, right, to, to backfill with this position. And you know he's going to come in there and be a strong professional, right? You're going to plug him in there, and he's going to get rotational minutes as a defensive end and eventually become a plus starter in the league. So I like Epinesa. Okay. Yeah, you talked me into it. Thank you. I was almost like I, like more of an action now guy, but you're right. I was being dumb. Thank you. That was That was a close one. You you worked it out. All (laughs) right. All right. New England Patriots. um, The most affected franchise in the league by the offseason. By a long shot. uh, Needs a quarterback, of course. Tight end, linebacker, defensive line, wide receiver. Um, I think it's going to be be a little bit hard to call the Patriots, especially with the offseason. Like, what the – because – you see, you and I see eye to eye on this. I know I've been pitch, pitching you. Like, Belichick, like, wants to win a chip. There's no way he's just yeah. riding off his sunset right now. So what is his fucking plan? What is his plan? All right. So we know we've got uh, Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham as our quarterbacks, right? That's who we have on the docket lining up. We've got Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. Special arm talent in that mold of Josh Allen, like we talked about, athletic. Needs going to need a year to kind of work on everything, figure it out, sit on the bench. There's no way. There's no way to fucking take a quarterback. I mean, there's just no way. Like, I, they haven't picked a quarterback since 1993 in the first round. Yeah, I just I think there's the hourglass on him, and he also prides himself on not reaching. And it's just like I feel like he wants to win. Like maybe not next year. I did hear you know always bumper about to the Simmons podcast or yeah. something. Something I was listening. And, and they were just like, yeah, like he might uh, make a move and stockpile more draft picks. Like, what is, what is the move right here? Is it? I, I know the Cam Newton you frown on. Like, I mean, I can't imagine um, the interception machine out of Tampa Bay, like kind of being a a tit for tat swap. So I can't picture that going down. It's just like I don't, and I don't picture a rookie quarterback. I, I don't know what they're rolling out. Are they just? There's no way he's content going seven and up. No, they're, they're, they're not. And it's like, you know, so you might look at Yitor Grossmatos out of Penn State, big-time athlete, 6'5", 266, 19 sacks in 38 games, you know, a little bit immature, uh, has some kind of some growth issues at Penn State, uh, ha- was suspended for an offseason over there. If you're looking on the defensive side of the ball, the problem is, is that the tight end position is not deep. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not burning a, a second or a first-round pick on Cole Kemet or the guy Troutman out of Dayton. So you're looking at quarterback, 
you're looking at then you know you've got Kenneth Murray I think you probably would have been more stoked for Patrick Queen coming out there or you know Zach Boone out of Wisconsin might be a little bit of a rush a reach at this spot too but he's an edge rusher and the outside linebacker position you're basically looking for you know defensive players that are going to generate a little bit of a pass rush they lost Eldon Roberts they they lost Kyle Van Noy um, okay so, so that's good yeah if if he if he goes out and not winning chips he's gonna go out swinging I agree I think with someone that transitions really quickly he's a defensive minded guy I think he goes defense I'm gonna go uh gross manos from Penn State yeah yeah just like it, it makes let's shake it up let's well, let's win some games like we won the Super Bowl like let's go fucking 17 right. 10 and like show this league we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grind it out and it's not like there's not going to be Jacob Eason in the second round or Jake Fromm or a couple other guys that maybe he could mentor in the second round. Maybe he's not high on it and, and is, is waiting for, for 2021. Let's go. Um, New Orleans saints coming in at 24. Uh, so they just had the two year deal with, um, but like Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees. Uh, so it's going to still put them at, uh, which is which is kind of a, like a weird thing that they're still willing to pay that money. Uh, they have probably the best skill position players as a whole in the game. I'd say it's pretty close yeah. or at least arguable. Uh, needs are a linebacker, offensive line, a safety cornerback. Uh, you have a quarterback too, which I think is interesting because it's just like, what is their, what's their plan? Because <laughs> I thought they had it set up with Teddy Bridgewater and they bailed on which is like kind of yeah. weird to me that you would sit on that, groom someone underneath like Drew Brees because that's a little bit of the plan, and then like kind of let them walk out the back door. Yeah, and they gave Taysom Hill a, a, a tender. I think it was a first-round tender, so that means like they're, I, I, it just would be insane to me that anyone would try and sign a Taysom Hill. Um, yeah, they gave him a first-round tender as a restricted free agent, which means basically if some, someone signs and – signs him to that then and they don't match then they get a first round which that that's not going to happen so it's more of a depth position again it's they, they might look at it in something in the second round to kind of see if they can develop somebody or third round or depending on where they can look and find that i mean you are sitting here and, and jordan love is sitting there right you know he could sit there for two years learn under sean payton um they've exhausted a lot of their playmaker spots um, is this about Sean Payton trying to go for the, you know, kind of like in a Belichick era, like well, life after Drew Brees? Or do I go with a Kenneth Murray, an outside linebacker, shore up some of that defense? Um, Kiko Alonzo and uh, Alzoni, they, they've had some issues in the linebacker core. Um, you've got, you know, edge rushers not really there. You've got some defensive linemen, Marlon Davidson out of uh, – out of Auburn as well, durable guy, kind of was an outside defensive end who who's moved inside, added some bulk from 275 pounds to 300 pounds. So you've got a little, you know, D-line opportunity there as well. But I, truthfully, I don't think that they overthink it. Let's find some playmakers, some speed on the defensive end, um, get a leader in there, and go Kenneth Murray from, from Oklahoma. I'm with you. I'm going to go Kenneth Murray, and that's, that's my pick. We're going to lock it up because it's also like – I think very interesting things like even with a like do we dig a little bit for a quarterback it's a little bit of a like a win now situation so it's just like let's right. improve immediately 
and it always seems like yep. it translates a little bit more quicker on the defensive end. Let's just get some disruptors and try to not let that week 14 or week 12 San Francisco 49ers fiasco happen to us again. All right, uh, tw- like 25, it. Minnesota Vikings. Back to the Vikes. Let's go Vikes. Back to the Vikes. Let's go Vikes. Let's go Vikes. So we gave him a little uh, little offensive line protection, which I think is important. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to not double down on this. Ooh, we're getting down. No, defensive line. Defensive oh, line. Defensive, defensive line. line. Yeah, defensive line. Um, I mean, I guess we lost Xavier Rhodes, so am I just silly just go auto-pick and just get the best of our money and take uh, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Diggs' brother? Or Stephon Diggs told him he's not allowed to play for the I was going to say, this would be the weirdest thing, right? It's like, you you said he was a, a locker room cold, cold right? Yeah. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, cold, yes, exactly. Not a cancer, just cool. So, so not, not <laughs> right. So, do you want to go and dust off Trayvon Diggs, or do you want to go with, like, TCU's Jeff Glandy, or maybe a Jalen Johnson out of Utah? Uh, super competitive, a little bit of a durability issue, a little bit of handsy or Jeff Glandy. Who's in that ultra competitive, strong tackler, right? We know Zimmer is going to like the, the, the corners that are going to play aggressive and tackle a little bit over aggressive, um, you know, but, uh, or you've got Trayvon Diggs, quick twitch athlete, but is a little bit sloppy in his technique and discipline. Okay. So here's what I want to do. Cause Stefan Diggs, his brother was like, just, he had a little uh, Keyshawn Johnson, like, just give me the fucking ball. Give me the ball. Throw me the damn ball. Right. Now right. I can tell Trayvon Diggs is just like, you can have all the balls you want. You just got to go get them. They're going to be floating in the air. Right. Just go grab them. <laughs> you, can, you can have all the footballs you want. And I like a little bit of the – I don't know. I, now it seems vindictive. But a little civil war that would create that Trayvon Diggs is – and if I knew this earlier, like I'm kind of curious why Stefan Diggs didn't stick around a little longer to see if him and his bro could play on the same team. Because I'm sure, like, that's a lifetime dream that that would be really fun. Well, they tra- they did trade him, so I don't know how much he got to like you know have say in being traded to Buffalo. Yeah, but they traded. But don't you like they traded him because he was just like fucking trade me. Nobody was just like we got to move Stefan Diggs like. Right, right, right. We right. just have the Vikings twice in my lifetime where there's marquee players just like, oh, you're trading because <laughs> you want to be fucking traded. Um, okay, I get what you're saying. So can I make a move on – I'm actually going to pass on that because I just think it's going to be – um, if I know you know, Zimmer, like I know Zimmer, like that just seems like a unnecessary headache. Like why bring, why bring that Diggs family back in my life? So I think we skipped down a little bit. Um, I think Xavier McKinney, going up on safety, we lost a little bit in secondary. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a good pick. Um, he's probably the number one. He's also out of Alabama as well, too. And I like it. Sure, if that secondary along with Hunter Smith, you've got Xavier McKinney. Let's go that pick. We're on. All right, 26. Uh, back to the Miami Dolphins. What? That was like two hours ago. What did we pick for our first Dolphins pick? <laughs> first off, first oh, we got a quarterback. Was Justin, yeah, we dug him quarterback. Justin That's Herbert. Right. Yeah, we took her. We got him a weapon in Ceedee Lamb at pick number eighteen. And now the Dolphins. <laughs> they they have three first round picks, and now we're sitting here. 
you know, offensive line, running back, safety, no, no running back, edge. No running back. Never. I know you're not gonna. Never. You're not even gonna let me try and talk you into their power run game with Jonathan nope. Taylor. You're not gonna let me do it. No, especially like who, okay. who do we have a running back on? Pull up the Dolphins right now. There's like a legit. Isn't there a legit running back on the Dolphins? Yeah, Jordan Howard. Well, there's Kalen. Jordan Howard. Jordan, Jordan Howard. Yep, they started Jordan Howard. Yep, <coughs> and then you know they've got Kalen Ballard. So I hear you. Uh yeah. So we'll go. Um, we'll finally shore up. Are we going to go O-line? Is that what we're looking here? Austin Jackson tw- at uh, at 26. I think so. Can... Offensive tackle, athletic. I think we can go for the protection. Yep, Austin Jackson. That's it. That's it. Yeah, because there's another running back, and then we get back in skill positions, and there's another big drop. So, yeah, I'll, give me Austin Jackson. What do you think, buddy? Is that it? Yeah. No, I think I think that's where it is. I think they like him. He's young. He's, he's uh, a good character guy. Um, he, you know, again, offensive lineman just needs technique polish. You know, they signed Eric Flowers, who could play guard or left tackle or right tackle, so they give a little bit more versatility and just bolster up that offensive line. Get uh, get Herbert a little uh, pass protection to go along, give him some time to throw bombs to Ceedee Lamb. I like it. Dude, what a first round for the Dolphins! This is making me realize how valuable the draft is. I'm kind of getting it now. Isn't it fun, right? Yeah. yeah. I might yeah. watch this year. Yeah, see it. All right. Seattle Seahawks, finally on the board, uh, needs Ed Rusher, offensive line, defensive line, safety, running back. So that's pretty much all the positions. So we don't need, we don't need a quarterback. <laughs> Copy that. Um, yeah, so I think right now, like, I'm still – I don't – I'm going to put a rule now. I'm not going to draft a running back in the first round ever. You're you're putting this. I just on put it there. down. You're putting yep. it out. There. I will like I'll I'll find one on the cheap. Like I figured out. I know like uh, Seattle's kind of famous for just running through running backs and figure it out. Uh, they got Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. I think they'll figure that out. Wide receiver, one of my favorite playmakers to watch in the game, DJ Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett on the other side, looking pretty solid. So I'm going to be a pass on wide receiver. It seems like I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. If, Russell Wilson scrambling around because he ain't got time, or it just makes him look really fucking cool. But I'm I'm gonna go <laughs> this. All this makes me flip to the defensive side of the football. So I think value play here is why don't you cornerback me up with Trayvon Diggs, and we'll finally we'll finally do the we'll finally do the Stephon Diggs thing. Yeah, it makes sense, right? So it's high level player. Played a lot of pro-style defenses and schemes in, in Alabama. And, you know, Pete Carroll is going to like to bring some of that back. Oh, yeah. They didn't really have a great secondary. Trayvon Diggs, um, you know, while it's probably – obviously you want to shore up and protect your uh, quarterback, you can't pass up on shutting down defensively. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, good position player. Uh, I like Dude, it. The, best best player available. The draft just makes so much sense to me now. I totally get it now. I I'm I love that that you're converting at this point. Yeah, no, I, now and, I'm and, into and, it. And, and for the po- and for the audience, my pen just died. Much <laughs> not like the the momentum of this podcast. Way to update him on the writing utensils beat. All right, uh, Baltimore Ravens sitting at 28. Um, Lamar Jackson, obviously a disappointing exit. Uh, probably the <laughs> the number one contender to the crown on the challenge with the Chiefs. Uh, some of the 
deficiencies. We're looking at a need linebacker, offensive line, wide receiver, edge rusher, defensive line. Wide receiver, we got uh, Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, uh, Wesley, Sean Monster, Chris Moore. It does get like a little, who's that? So I, I think there might be a little reach for them to just be like, all right, like, is Higgins tickling your hair at all? Is Mims? Like I think I think wide I, I think wide receiver because it's just like wide receivers shore up two things right it's like our running back or uh, our our franchise quarterback probably the fourth fifth best quarterback in the league is going to run less so less likely for him to get decapitated and it's also like right. uh, we can open up the field a little bit like what we saw Mahomes doing so do we drop a little bit to try to get that you know try to get get a get a weapon that might develop or or are we just kind of run and drive running. Wide receivers. No, I mean, like I said, deep, deep position group on here. You've got Brandon Ayuk, uh, Ayuk, you know, run after catch, huge speed guy. I mean, like big play after catch. Denzel Mims, 6'2", 438 speed out of Baylor. Didn't run a lot of routes, but, you know, can make plays over the top. Jalen Rigar, uh, explosive athlete, also can help out in the return game. So I think, you know, it depends on, like, are they looking, like, trying to be the Chiefs and just get, let's get speed guys. Let's just get fast guys. Let's play fast offensively. And we know defensively we can make up on the back end because at this point, you know, where we're at in this stage of the game, you know, if you're looking for an outside linebacker, you're looking at Zach Bond, who is an athlete out of Wisconsin, you know, had a lot of, you know, you know really smart, had a lot of great timing, relentless um, doesn't have a lot of like great length and strength, so he's kind of in like a smaller TJ Watt aspect on the outside linebacker. You've got uh, not a lot of great edge rushers. You've got Josh Uche out of Michigan, who's on the smallest side. You know, or you've got the defensive tackle Marlon Davidson or Ross Blaylock or Blacklock, excuse me, on the interior. But those are all a little bit of reach. Where it's like, do we just give? Do we just give Lamar Jackson more options and make it a track mount with Hollywood Brown, Sneed, and we've got Justice, uh, the the running back over there that they drafted in the second or third round last year. Like, let's just make this a track meet. Let's get speed. Let's just try and keep up with us. I th- I think it's that because also like I it's kind of I think you get double your money right if you get wide receiver and you make everything about speed then you're stretching the length of the play. And if you stretch the length of the play, like your quarterback can still be mobile and less likely to get his head knocked off. So, right. so I, I think I'm taking that philosophy going into it, which is going to make me lean a little bit to, well, what's the fastest wide receiver you have? Higgins out of Clemson? Is he my fastest guy? No, 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 no. He's not, he's not the fastest. No, he ran like a four, five, eight. So you're looking at Ayuk or Mims. Mims ran a four, three, eight. He's faster. Ayuk will contribute immediately in the return game as well, too. So just think about it in terms of that. Like, you know, those are your two best guys. Denzel is a little bit bigger at 6'2. Ayuk is only 5'11. Um, All right, I'll take I'll take I'll I take Ayuk for the return game. I think you brought up a great point. Like yeah. it it kind of if you can double up on your duties, that helps us also as a squad. For sure. All right, 29, Tennessee Titans. So Tennessee Titans kind of probably the biggest breakout team of 2019, yeah? Like oh, yeah. they just kind of 
we went into that team, uh, went into that year being like, oh, Marcus Merritt is like the quarterback, and they might go eight and eight, and then all of a sudden, like they're playing in the AFC Championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, kind of broke out. They they signed Tannehill to a big deal. They franchised up your boy Derrick Henry. They've got Henry? some good young yeah. receivers on Let's here. They did let Conklin go, but they signed up uh, another offensive tackle. Shit, let me pull it up. I don't have it in there. Well, I got you. Drink everybody for me being unprepared. I got you, bro. Uh, what? Uh, Saffold, Lewin, Sambrelli, yeah. Queensberry. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. These are all. <laughs> you're yeah. like those are all. Those all make sense. Um. So you're looking at. If I'm looking at them, right? You let you let uh, Jarrell Casey go, the defensive tackle. Yeah. They traded him away uh, to the Denver Broncos, which is kind of a steal on the Denver side. But I would really look on the interior defensive line. You've got Marlon Davidson, who played 51 games, 51 starts at Auburn in the SEC. Probably your 28th to 40th overall player, in, depending on your mocks. Got a lot of big motor. He's a bit of a tweener. But he could probably line up in that outside or interior gap. Or you're looking at Ross Blacklock, who's an excellent athlete, son of a Harlem Globetrotter, 6'3", 298. Doesn't have the most consistent tape that's out there. But those are my two best interior guys that I'm looking at right now. And I'm looking to fill a defensive, you know, I've got – yeah, it's definitely- I've got edge rusher on there, right? But I've also got defensive line, and I need I need a backfill for, for Casey. Okay, but is it like a, a little bit of – and you do, like the needs, the great needs you have listed, uh, edge rusher, defensive line, offensive line, cornerback, running back. Uh, is there a little value right here, like getting a little bit – I mean, steals a little giveaway, but like uh, Jeff Glanley out of TCU, is there a little value there? If we want to go cornerback, there is a little bit of a value. But but yeah, there's. But, a but I, think, value, I think I think what got... we talked earlier, like cornerbacks, a little bit more of a toss of a dice than it is like you're going to get immediate production out of like your defensive line and linebackers. Yeah. Right, and and that's the other thing too is is I like guy I like the the front four putting pressure and having defensive secondary guys that I'm like. I could get somebody in the third round who's yeah. going to be an average, you know, ten percent less than this an average guy. person can catch a mistake that like a first rounder like creates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. But you know, if I'm going to look at it, I, I like I like guys on the interior that have a motor that are durable. Fifty-one starts in the SEC is nothing. He's battle tested. Like I said, he he came in there. He played on the you know, the defensive end slot in a three, four defense, but it's probably gonna have to move inside. Cause he doesn't have the speed to be an edge rusher. Six, one, 300 pounds, Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. Uh, that's, that's my pick. Okay. Is it a little bit of, should we look at a trade down here and thinking like when you still catch it, like when it snakes back around? Yeah, for sure. I mean, depending on who your partner is, I mean, you, you, you know, you're, you're looking at a team that's going to need like a wide receiver help. So it's like I mean, you're looking at the Colts, maybe the the the, the Steelers, uh, or the Bears potentially. Like you know, these are all guys that might be trying to move back into the first round. Um, you know, the 49ers still have a little bit of a need at wide receiver at 31, so maybe you could trade back, or even the Packers. Maybe they're trying to 
not get usurped by the 49ers or somebody else trying to leap, leap over them to get like Denzel Mims or Jalen Rigor uh, out of TCU. So it's definitely like a, a trade trade down spot uh, in contention for them. But if we're going just as it, as the board shakes out, I, I'm, I know it's not the sexiest pick out no, there. I like it. But no, I think, I think it's right. Uh, let's get this over with. All right, number 30. Green oh, There it is. Everyone drink. Packers. It's two hours and 11 oh, minutes God. to can where, where can, Brandon's going. they trade themselves in the XFL? I never want to hear about this fucking franchise again. All right. Um, needs broken down by Most Awesome's great board. Uh, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line, linebacker, cornerback. And again, I want to remind you guys, I'll say that again. Uh, if you just share or Insta story, uh, send you this big board. It's broken down. It's a gorgeous Excel spreadsheet. For free. You're going to want it during the draft, which we will be doing live coverage of. Um, all right. Green Bay Packers. Um, they're picking 30th. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, I still don't. I think that Aaron Rodgers' thing was just like, I need offensive support. But like a tight end right. at this level seems like a big fucking reach. Or, or even, yeah, or even a right, so. wide receiver. I guess Higgins, maybe? Uh, you love he- Higgins. I would go again. I, I'd put probably three or four people, probably three people above him. I love Higgins' production. Twenty-seven TDs, got great ball skills. Um, you know, twelve TDs his sophomore season, thirteen in his, his junior season. You've also got Jalen Rigor, who's an explosive athlete. So it's like, all right, so who do you want to match up with? Day- uh, with Adams, Devontae yeah, Adams, yep, right? Exactly. Like, what does he not do that I need someone else to do? you need that play over the top like the the Cobbs and those other guys that you've had Rigor or Mims on the outside Pittman or Higgins are more of like a that red zone threat like throw it up and let me go get it yeah but it seems like a little less like I have to balance it I'm still okay with like like the twin towers like I can do like two gigantic dudes walking like running down like streaking down the field and like figuring it out but I do think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to always put the pressure on. He wants to outscore teams. Like he doesn't want to grind it out. I think the last two years, like they kind of look like a different team, like grind it out. I think they're going to back away from that a little bit. So it seems like too big of a stretch right now to get like a tight end involved. But do you think like do you feel, yep. do you feel like he feels protected? Like we're going to beef up the offensive line a little bit, or is his hand going to be forced to go to the defensive side? Well, that's the thing. They spent a bunch of money on the defensive side before, so I definitely think like they need an offensive help here. It's just like, what is going to be the one that they go? I mean, Jalen Rigor, Rigor is a an explosive athlete. Again, helps out in the return game. Had a little bit of a drops, you know, um, but he also had inconsistent production because he had a, a freshman, true freshman quarterback at TCU. Mims played in, uh, you know, an unsophisticated offense and kind of a spread offense. Pittman was from USC, 6'4", 4'5", great hands, good teammate, but only average speed and quickness. And T. Higgins, again, ball skills, go up and get it, but only average speed at 4'5", 8". Um, but again, he put up a ton of touchdowns in the ACC. So it's one of those things It's like, do you want that guy to go up and just be a ball skill guy, let him ramp up and build up speed, and let T. Higgins just go over top of people at 6'3", and just go make plays? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Higgins. I'm going to say, like, uh, especially with we've seen, you know, the record for Hail Mary completion touchdowns 
in a season. I think it's sure. three held by like you know Aaron Rodgers. So he's he's not afraid to like chalk it up. And I think that is something that he's going to see valuable over speed. Would be like, can I get the guy that can kind of box out and go up and get the football? So I'm going to go. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, it's, here. yeah, especially we got a quarterback with the accuracy, right? I mean, he can put it over anywhere. So it's like just go make a jump ball. Just turn up. <laughs> He was. He maybe was. They're he called was. Hail Marys for a reason. All right. Uh, number 31, San Francisco 49ers. We're back on these guys. Uh, what did we do it the first time we had the pick with him? 49ers sat at 13 and took C.J. Henderson, defensive corner mm. from Florida. Florida. Okay. So, uh, and just to remind everybody, uh, the needs for the 49ers, they're looking for – they have the wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, safety, cornerback. Fuck, saying that wrong. Every time with the 49ers, that's a real Freudian slip going on. Um, yeah, so right now, is there a little value on grabbing a receiver? So there is. I mean, there's there's definitely – I don't know what their second round looks like, but you're still sitting on Mims, Ragor, Pittman. Uh, we just crossed off uh, Higgins. Uh, Lavishka Chenault is a little bit similar in that Debo Samuel, so I don't see them going with that. I think they need a speed guy to kind of replace Emmanuel Sanders after he went to New Orleans. Yeah. So I think I think uh, Rigor or Rigor, excuse me, I keep saying that, I can't butcher his name, or Mims, just a big fast guy outside. I like I like Mims in this spot. Can I, can I say this right now? Can I make a case for Delpit? Maybe if they want to go like full defense on this draft. Maybe they're just like, we know who we are. Like, we're going to run. We're going to grind it out. Like, let's just – our defense was scary last year, and now it's going to get super scary. I love Grant Delpit. You're, you're, this guy came in as, like, a top 10 uh, product out of LSU. Did not have great tape, but athletically is as good as they get and missed a lot of tackles. But this dude's a fucking playmaker. DBU LSU. I I was going to try and save him for later for one of the other teams out there. Um, but, yeah, fuck it. John Lynch, yeah, you sold me. Grant Delpit. Well, Because I think they have the confidence. Like, if, if your reaction to your quarterback is unless, like, we're not calling him, like, you know, this isn't the Ravens of – what's his name? Ravens quarterback from, like, 99 or whatever, 2000, the one Super Bowl. Oh, uh, Trent Yeah, Dilfer? we're not calling him a Dilfer. But if he's somewhere in between, like, an Alex Smith – and like uh, Case Keenum, like if that's our quarterback situation and we're going to do that, like yeah. our agenda is always going to be keep that score low. So if we can bone up on the defense and just make our defense absolutely fucking terrifying, then it's like. And, and that's the thing is, is there's the depth at, you know, wide receiver, KJ Hamler, who's diminutive but plays fast. Um, you know, there's wide receiver help in there. There's, I mean, Donovan People Jones, who plays outside, ran a, from Michigan, ran a four four eight, had an unworld athletic profile. The combine, he's probably going to be sitting there in the third fourth round. So yes, lo- load up on the defense, load up on these guys, and let's let's shut d- dudes down. If I'm uh, if I'm John Lynch. All right, um, KC Chiefs sitting at thirty two Super Bowl champs. To the listeners, needs cornerback, um, linebacker, running back, offensive line, defensive line. That still feels like we're saying everything. So again, I don't think you take a running back (laughs) in the first round or in the first round. Nope. Right. 
I mean, you could sit there and get uh, his running back, not in the first round, but Clyde Edwards uh, Hilar out of LSU, 5'7, but has great receiving ability. You might want to sneak him in the second, maybe third round if he's still hanging out there for the Chiefs. Yeah. But yes, I, I agree with you. You're looking at Jeff Glandy uh, from TCU. Uh, in the secondary help to give you a little bit of secondary. Or if you look interior, this is where Cesar Ruiz, who is slated as a center, but has played uh, a few games at right guard. His interior guy um, has good run game strength, hard worker, team leader on the offensive line. This would be more of like a protect Pat Mahomes. Um, as you've seen, you know, all the guys that they have that's, uh, flying around that's there, they need a little good. bit of time. <clears throat> and I know I, I don't want to take up too much time, but whatever. Like, people are really are already realizing this is a three-part series as we, like, crossed our number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, what – and I think we talked about it – like, maybe we talked about it offline or something. But it was just, like, what made that defense click? Like, does it need a fix or is it good? And it kind of just put all the pieces together and just took a little time to realize the system. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that, yeah, there's no, the, the fix would only be just replacing players that have left, you know, after the, the Super Bowl that have gone on and, and signed other places. Um, you know, I don't believe they, they brought back Fuller, so they have a kind of a need at quarterback. That's a little bit more of a, a glaring need. But at this point, you're kind of, like I said before, even at, when we talk about Christian Fulton um, going way back to the 19 at the Raiders, Glandy, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Terrell, these are all guys that are, are kind of right there. So if they really felt so inclined, they could make a play up for that. Uh, uh, the, the kid, Noah Igbendogany out of Auburn, sitting at 62, which would right be right at the back half of the second round as well, too. He's a pretty good defensive corner. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's some depth there. So it's like, well... Again, what are we get? What are we doing? What's our philosophy? Are we are we trying to keep Pat Mahomes upright? Yeah, I mean, especially offensive line, interior strength. <clears throat> well, the weird thing is, okay, so here's the weird thing. Like Pat Mahomes already proved that, like he he can do uh, a lot with enough. So it's just like maybe if we bone up on this defense, and if like if our defense strategy is like we hold teams underneath twenty, and that's just all we do every day, all day. So let's put up that defense a little bit because it's just like if you're holding teams underneath 20, there's a 90% chance like the Chiefs are going to win the game. So I, I'm looking I'm looking a little bit to – let's go Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Yeah, I like it. I mean, the, here's a guy who's relentless in the pass rush, made lots of plays for Wisconsin. Uh, like I said, he's like a TJ Watt-esque guy, and you could put him outside in the outside linebacker, stand him up, uh, and you know you're going to get – you know, a uh, a guy who's going to go hard all the time from start, start to stop. Um, I would say that or interior offensive line or even, like I said, you know, the secondary could be addressed, but I, I like it. Let's put pressure on the quarterback with Zach Bond uh, and get after it. Great, guys. Um, all right. This has been the – I know we are saying we are going to cover more teams. We ran out of time. Like that's the full thirty-two teams. If we we fucking did we didn't it. mention what teams didn't we mention? Who who is that? We didn't mention the Bears. We we, 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 we who gets uh, shit? The Colts at thirty-four. Yeah. The the Texans. No. Uh, if you want to put your head in the the mindset of Bill O'Brien, take a shovel, <laughs> smack yourself in the face, then you're there. Uh, 
Chicago Bears at 43, Steelers at 49, Rams at 52, Bills at 54. Teams to cover, teams to cover. You guys are fine. Maybe we'll cover, we'll we'll talk about it during the live draft. Um, All right, Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. A mind like taking advantage of things and like asking for forgiveness as opposed to like oh my God. begging for permission. But uh, we're really taking advantage of this hour of power. Hey, you, gonna... know, you don't know how excited I am. By the way, audience, we're never doing this again. I just want you to know, right? Oh, you want to do it right again? Now. That was great. Oh, I do want to do it again. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were like oh, getting yeah, worn down no, towards the end. Let's lie to them. Let's lie to them. Yes, we'll ne- we will never do this again. That was, you yes. know, but it was also that that's like the most jam packed full, like that's content. That's like legit yeah. content. Like you're gonna dig and swim into that. Be prepped for the draft. Uh, that's pro. Do you think it went well, brother? I know. Ask oh, about I think it went. Also. Yeah, I think because yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, exactly. we're, so we're playing is... around with just kind of the what the setup was gonna be because you know so much more about college football. I want to make sure I was asking the right question, but it, it felt like it kind of hit its natural thing. No, no, exactly. This is this is exactly what we wanted. You know, professional football. I know college football. It's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup of draft podcasts. Mm. Yes, and I am the rapper. All right, uh, Neapolis <laughs> Showdown. Uh, top three worst things about wearing a suit. Um, okay, the tie knot getting fucked up. Because this is like you kind of forget, especially if you're not wearing a suit day to day. Like you kind of forget, like you got to check in on that shit. So there's always a time where it's just yeah. like you've been mingling with everybody. You're wearing a suit. We're talking about it because the NFL draft coming up. Uh, all the kids, like, congratulations for making the draft. Like, shitty, you can't go there and wear your suits. It's always exciting to see the suits. But to everybody, like, but like you cross a mirror and you realize like your tie's been kind of fucked up for like an hour. Just like, and no one gives you the heads up. Like it's not like a burger hanging, like a. A booger, a booger <laughs> hanging from your nose, where nobody gives you like the heads up. It's just like you look right. kind of fucked up. You got a little bat in the cave, yeah. So I like I like that a lot, and it's very similar to my number three as well too, which is like it just never like you get it pressed, you get it all lined up, then you take that car ride to wherever whatever venue you're going, and immediately it's got a it's dinged up. Yeah, it's got a little it's got a red flag on it, and I just it can't stay wrinkle free. I just need the suit to stay clean for like seven to eight pictures throughout the night. Can I get that? Yeah. Can I get look where I'm looking fresh to death? All right, so Can I, I get that? So I'm, cross, I'm crossing the mirror every one, you know, every point, point two five hours. I'm crossing the mirror, and then uh, you get dinged up point two five hours into the ride because it's that's high up into my second one, so we're in a dead heat. But um, the uneasiness you get about like it being wrinkled or dirty. Cause it's just like I know when I put on a suit, I'm like, regardless, this is going to dry cleaners. This wear, right. even though I bought the suit, this wear cost me 28 bucks. Cause I knew as soon yeah. as I take it off, there's no like, oh, how like, how ding did it get? Like, it's no like immediately put in that dry clean bag because it's going there. So yep. it's gonna like work. So it's just like it's not a solid look for the the back of your brain to always be thinking about just like, what am I doing wrong or right to my suit? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, especially like you and I, we don't wear suits all the time. You know, the rare occasions. We're not like an everyday suit office type of guy, right? Correct, yes. I mean, maybe not rare for you. You you you're more metropolitan. No, than you're I. right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go number two, which is which segues into my point is is that I'm not out there always on the the forefront of the the styles, right? So these suit styles, the suit game Ooh, changes oh, every couple right. of years. Yeah. And now we're also into this thing where it's like the form fitting pants. Now your boy Moya saw some. He's thick. Yeah, I got he's those. Thick got those in thighs. the trunk. If, and if thick you guys in the are legs. following close in the pod, he's got those thighs. That's a thing. So taper taper pants aren't going to get get on these on this podcaster. That's not happening. And so it's like there's nothing worse than being on the outside of like the fashion trend. Yeah. It's like oh that that suit was cool like four years ago, and this guy's still trying to dull you know roll up in and these colors and these prints matching shirt to tie thing not happening yes actually a great point like i wanted to buy a tuxedo and then i just looked at kind of how everything like swung and i think you were even there for like what was my 28th birthday party like wheatley and i celebrated together and like i had a zara yeah. suit that was super tight and it was just like silver with streaks and it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not kind of the same suit you bring to just like a business function when it's just kind of like black tie and right. black tie only it's like actual tux so it's yeah, I wanted to buy a tux, and I was just like, I don't, is this going to go out? Like, is the legs going to be, like, too tapered at the end? Is it going to have to be bag gear? Like, what's the call? Yeah, yeah, yeah switches. Oh, also, like, blue suits are a thing. You know, like, sometimes yeah. it's, like, cool to wear a blue suit, and sometimes it's just like, oh, my God, you're wearing a blue suit? Like, Quite it's just a statement. Like, I cannot keep track of it. All right, brother, uh, I'm going to give you 440 points for how much it costs for your new suit. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to give myself 23 points for dry cleaning. So you're up for 40.25 to 23.25. The number one worst thing about wearing a suit. What do you got, buddy? So the, the, the amount of times that you're wearing it to a fun function, like a wedding or some sort of like nice event, significantly outweigh the number of times that you're wearing it to an unfun event, a job interview, a uh, court appearance, some other thing where you got to get really like settled up. So you have to look like you're not your piece of shit self that you are on a regular basis. So more often than not, when you're wearing a suit, it's not for something that's totally awesome. Or it's usually something that you're like, I don't feel comfortable in what I'm wearing. That's good. Suit confusion. Like, what am I on your body for? What are we doing? Are we celebrating right. or are you about to do right. like two to three? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do um, my number one thing is like, Jeans kind of oversell us on how well things work in pockets. Any environment yes. outside of jeans, it's it's a clunky mess. Like a, jeans can, they'll do your earbuds. They'll do yeah. like your pack of cigarettes. You're rolling with that. They'll do your wallet. They'll do your cell phone. They'll figure it all out. As soon as suits come in the game, it's just like I can't handle this. Everything you have is on exposure. Like it's just like it's a chalk outline. Everybody can see everything. Like walking through like on yes. your pockets. Like it's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, why is that? Why why do suits are so different material? Are, yeah, it's just different. Like it's just like that's not the priority, and it's just like I don't like putting shit in my pockets. And I don't like having a fanny pack, no. but like I have, we are got to put our keys. Yeah, got to put a wallet. Like we're not going yep. anywhere with our keys or wallet. So those are just like hard sells, and it's just like it looks silly. It just looks like you can see like the outline of the wallet, the outline of the keys. Like it's just. Not a good hang. Well, you don't have to tell you don't have to tell me twice on that. Your voice thick on the trunks, and everything, everything, everything stands out. Everything sticks out. I have followed you on the jeans path, and I've started putting more stuff in my back. I never put my phone in my back pocket. Mm. I'm a neophyte. I'm a neophyte to the back pocket game. I'm gonna let you know right now. Yeah. Just for the quick, just like quick, quick like tucking around, a quick moving it, put it in there, get it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So wallet in the front pocket, phone tucked in the back pocket as a quick tuck, yep. as a mobile tuck. Yep. That's what you got to do. Yep, exactly. It's a hack. Yep. Um, all right, brother. Uh, I did the score. I won. I smoked you like a sausage. <laughs> all there right, you man. Go. Uh, thanks for it. listening to this two-part MAB <laughs> NFL draft Megapod. Role, pay, role play episode Megapod. You got everything you need. Guys, remember, we are going to be covering the podcast live or the podcast we're gonna be covering the nfl draft live yeah. on thursday so chime in for that if you guys just if you just share our instagram story about us covering the pod we will send you uh, guys i can't tell this up enough it's free but it's most awesomes just draft sheet it's gonna make the draft so much fun it has all the breakdown of just like head coach like gm like draft needs like all the moves that are happened like you're going to love it uh mvp of the week who do you got buddy Ooh, I'm going to go with Mike Tolan, uh, producer of the Last Dance series that's coming out on ESPN yeah. uh, Sunday night as you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday or before the draft. He talked MJ into doing it uh, based off his Iverson doc. Quote, Jordan said, I watched that Iverson doc three times, made me cry, love that little guy. That's all it took to get the, the most anticipated documentary of my young life. Mm, it's going to be best. What is it? It's 10 episodes over five weeks? Yes, I believe it. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's over five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a monster. Uh, my MVP. Uh, I'll just I'll give the hats off to uh, John Krasinski from the Office, doing like uh, that some good news series. Like absolutely, I don't know. There's a lot of shit going on, guys. But if you're checking on it, like it's just, it's kind of I, it's just perfectly titled. It's just like that some good news you're trying to check in on, and it's it's nice, right? Yep. Alright, guys, this has been absolutely. episode one twelve of the podcast. Uh, Please join us on Thursday as we do this live. I am Brand Dan. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Audience, thanks for listening to our Mega Draft Pod. As always, I am your host, Mab Kuiper, and with me, Pod McShay. Fame. She likes fashion.